up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 87 of the Video Game Pals of Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my regular cast of characters, my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. Oh, hi. I'm not Pete this week. Last week, I uh, ran with the Pete's dead on Pete, so you can be Pete again, and I'll be me. Yeah, I. Uh, so here's the question: What did you have to place in a pentagram to summon me back from the Nether realm? Oh, that was easy. Uh, some drumsticks, Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. a you know Celeste is the game of the year 2018 sign. Like mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. picketing at a march with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's solid. All right, it explain, explains why why I'm back on this mortal coil. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that I wasn't resurrected by our resident necromancer, Mr. Robert Thompson. Well, a good necromancer doesn't need to be, you know, acknowledged for his deeds. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's possible Andy did some stuff, and I may have too. But I'm not so pompous as to claim I did everything. <laughs> what kind of necromancer doesn't want to be acknowledged? The one who, because he's How- necromancer, doesn't want to be found out. <laughs> True genius doesn't need to be How recognized. Do you- How do you? Like, square, I'm going to summon an army of skeletons with, like, no, I'm going to keep it on the down low. <laughs> I'm, I'm low-key about it. That's the thing, man. you got to be on the down low until the army's fully done. So, 2018, look out. It's coming. Good lord. And the paladin I'm surprised was okay with all of this, Mr. Sean Bartley. <laughs> yeah, well, doing this show for so long, I'm just letting things slip by it's like <laughs> my, my values have started to erode exactly, yes. <laughs> sean's like the gray jedi of paladin i that's not an insult man I, gray jedi yeah, rock. i don't i don't <laughs> take that as an insult at all quite frankly yeah uh, i'm should. just saying he's great you flirted with some suck. darkness <laughs> wow andy all right save the star wars hot takes what sucks <laughs> what sucks uh, Grey Jedi, Kreia, KOTOR 2. Whoa. <laughs> dude, you could have left it at one. Oh, my God. You know what? Too quick. I'm not dude. even going to honor you with my time because <laughs> that is so insanely dumb that I know it's not a real take. So, I'm just going to move on. Oh, no. I, I stand was... by all of those. You Have you played say, KOTOR is... 2? <laughs> I have. You ha- you And you beat it? I beat it before I, I, I knew the restored content oh, mod was a thing, oh. like ten years hmm. ago. Hmm. And you think Kraya's a bad <laughs> character? I do. I think Chris Avalon doesn't get Star Wars and shouldn't have been allowed to write a game. About you Star don't Wars. get Star Wars. Oh. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Hell? I've just seen the movies. I don't need to do a. Oh, both sides are the same. That's not what. That's not what was said. You didn't. You fundamentally misunderstood. You know what? Go right ahead. All right. Okay. Well, I this I stepped on a hornet's nest. I was not expecting, listeners. Um, but I'm gonna segue us into the what we're playing this week segment <laughs> because uh, I have I've been playing a lot of games this week and a lot of new games this week actually. Um, but the first one I I don't know. I actually can't remember if I've brought it up on the show yet. But I, I did pick up the Spyro Reignited collection, and uh, I have been putting way more time into this than I thought I would. Like, I'm so into it right now, I haven't played Red Dead in weeks. <laughs> You're never beating that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's just funny because I constantly have this like itch of just like, man, I really want to get back to Red Dead, but then I just pick up Spyro again. <laughs> I get that. I don't know, I man. Get it's that it's a nice. Lot. It's it's like it's it's been like a nice light like nostalgic stroll down memory lane, you know? And like there's no there's no stakes, like it's just it's just a nice nice classic little collectathon with Tom Kenny's voice acting. I'm all about it. How how's the remaster? Is it as good as the crash ones? Uh unfortunately it's not. Like it, I like the visual style for the most part. There's some people who I've seen like kind of complaining about some of that stuff, but I think for me, the one thing that I've noticed is that it definitely has some frame rate issues. Like, there are times where, like, between like how much is on screen or like the draw distance and stuff like that, you know, the original Spyro did a really good job of. Not always letting you see things, but letting you see, like, the the glimmer of stuff so that you're like, oh, there's something there I need to get closer. Whereas this game gives you the full draw distance of some of these very long maps. And sometimes when you're, like, running in a circle or, like, trying to spin the camera, like, I have noticed some, some like, hitch in the giddy-up, uh, you know? that's a bummer. Which is a bummer. But it hasn't been enough to impede my enjoyment of the game like it, it hasn't impacted like my actual moment-to-moment gameplay in any significant way so okay. it's like you know it, it, it's not perfect but like i'm still really enjoying it because of how much i do love spyro awesome uh, i'm bummed to hear that the uh the remaster is less good than it could have been but i'm glad you're still enjoying it the funny thing is is when i played it on a, a on my regular playstation at 1080p i didn't real recognize as many problems as when I was playing it on my nice big 4K TV. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, I don't know. This this might be one to play, like, if you've got a 1080 TV or monitor still hanging around, like, you still might want to just play around. it that way. <laughs> like, that isn't the standard still. <laughs> well, just because yeah, you have a 4K. That's, <laughs> that's fair. I, I've joined the future, so... Well... <laughs> you with your nice PlayStation and all that. I've got a PlayStation that sounds like it's taken off to the fucking moon when I turn it on. <laughs> That's scary. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, the other old game that I remaster, I guess, that I've been playing is uh, actually just last night. I picked up the Lego Harry Potter collection for Switch. What? Uh, which they, they put, like, all... It's like... It's basically every single one of the games on one one cartridge. Um, and uh, my girlfriend and I played through the entirety of, like, the first book-slash-movie last night. And, it, like, oh my god, I forgot how fucking fun LEGO games are. Like, they're, they're, like, so simple, but, like, they're just so damn charming. And, like, there's something stupidly satisfying about a good collect-a-thon. And that's what that game is. Or all those games are, I guess, because they're all good. It's really just a matter of which coat of paint do you like the best, you know? Yeah, fair. And, like, my girlfriend's a huge Harry Potter fan, and she was sick, so I was like, I'm going to buy this, and this is what we're going to do tonight. And it was a blast. So, uh, there's a couple really solid, like, Lego games on Switch now. Like, I know they just did an Incredibles one as well. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, if you are in the mood for something light to play like couch co-op with your roommate or your significant other, or if you got a kid or something like that, go fucking go pick up a Lego game, man. 
And the Lego Harry Potter collection, really good deal. I got it for 40 bucks at, uh, at GameStop. Was that like it's eight got... games? Yeah. It's like, it's pretty solid. It's mm. definitely going to keep me busy for a while. So, shout outs to TTT. Uh, is it TT or T TTC? Shout out to the people TT. I think TT games. <laughs> I that think make it's Lego Traveler's games. Tales is where the <laughs> Not acronym to comes Tales. from. Uh, and then but just the last know. game I wanted to shout out was this uh, indie game called Moonlighter that I got oh, as a nice. Uh, yeah, we <clears throat> talked about it on the show a while yeah, ago. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a roguelike game where like you play a shopkeeper and you have to go into like randomly generated dungeons to like get loot that you then sell in your shop. Um, but you also need to like balance: Do I use this loot for like to get income, or do I use it to craft items and improve my character? So cool, there's cool, like cool, a cool, really, cool. really interesting loop to it uh, that, like, I was in it on the like the initial pitch alone just because it sounded novel. But there's actually a lot of depth present in the game that I wasn't expecting, and it's really got its hooks in me. Um, like I actually started playing Hollow Knight, which I know Andy, you were a big fan of when I it was on PC. I did love Hollow Knight. Yeah. I started playing Hollow Knight, and the reason I'm not, like, not really talking about it is because I just, like, I scratched the first probably hour and a half of it in that opening area, and then started playing Moonlighter, just because I was like, oh, I want to check this out. Like, I got it as a gift from uh, Pixel Par from the other website I work for, Loot Pots, and uh, I was like, oh, I want to check it out and, like, you know, let them know what I think of it, and it, it really hooked me, and I've been playing the shit out of it, like, every night before I go to bed. So, if you're looking for, like, a nice, like, tight but, like, fresh roguelike, I'd highly recommend checking out Moonlighter. Cool. Yeah, it looks pretty fun. It's very fresh. And uh, cool art style and everything, too. So, yeah, if you're if you're in the mood for, like, a nice budget game, I would, I would definitely give Moonlighter a look. Awesome. So that's, that's my time. That's my soapbox <laughs> this week on games I played. But uh, I'm interested. I, it's been so long since I've gotten to talk about what you guys have been playing. What's everybody been playing? So I actually got uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. For oh, you did, so, yeah, dude. Um, dude, hell yeah! Ooh. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I I played it with my girlfriend, so that was pretty cool because we've never, like, we played uh, one of the Pokemon games together on 3ds, but getting to play it um, on Switch together was pretty cool. I like it. It's uh, you know, it, it, it's Pokemon. I didn't. I didn't mind the catch mechanics the way that I thought I might. Um, and I I thought I remembered people saying that the battling was simplified, but it seemed the exact same. Uh, so it's it's the exact same as it was, like, back in the day. It's, it's simplified from, like, the current status quo of battling, where, like, there's no hold items. Right. Uh, there's no abilities... And um, I think that's it. Yeah, kind of like Gen One. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. same thing as it as it used to be. So that that felt right. Um, yeah, just with like some of the updated rules. Like I know, like they didn't make it all because like you can't burn a fire Pokemon is like something they introduced like last gen or whatever. But that is still present. So it's like a weird hybrid of the old rules and some of the new rules. Right. Um. But but yeah, like it, it's cool to be able to play um, an actual legitimate Pokemon story on a home console. This is the first time that 
We've really yeah. had it just like this. Obviously, the catch mechanics make it so that it's not exactly like a, 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 a what 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 uh, what we would consider to be a traditional Pokemon game. Um, but if the next Pokemon game had those same mechanics, I don't think I would say boo about it. I think it'd be all right. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I don't know that I'm going to finish this game just because like, I've played the original Pokemon 50,000 times already. And I don't know if I care to do it again. But um, and, and plus with Smash Out, like I'm more intrigued by that. But it's, it's good. It's, it's good. I think it, it, all the criticism, all the hate that, we, you know, that, that the game received before it came out, completely unwarranted. The game was, is good. Yeah, I think I think even with some of the complaints you could have with it, like it's it's a rock solid experience. And it's what I'm glad I had. You know, like I really was not sure I was gonna like you, Sean, I was not sure I was gonna wanna replay that that story again, but it really got me. You know, like it, it really like struck a good nostalgic chord with me and like I wanted to see it through to the end and I was like excited to get to like you know, um, like catch Mewtwo yeah. and do all that stuff. You know, like I, I was really looking forward to that. Once I did that, I was done with it. But it, it got me to that the point. One complaint that I did have is it's very easy. That's that's my biggest. Problem. See, you yeah, and you playing it two players, it makes it it totally breaks it's the game. It's unbelievable how bad it breaks it for two players. Wait, what do you guys like mean? when Thompson and I? So you're, you're playing with your girlfriend, right? Well, like we're just sitting on the couch together, and like you know. Oh, I thought you were like doing the oh, battles together. You weren't. You weren't actually both. No, playing. I didn't even know you could do that. Oh yeah, so if you know how like you have to hold the Joy-Con, if you pull out the other one and shake it, it'll bring a second. Ca- Excuse me, it'll bring a second character into the world. <laughs> so when you're battling, yeah. you have two Pokemon per battle, and it's like, okay, go fuck anyone up because there's two of you, and you have double the turns. And yeah, so it's like it's. It's way it's even easier uh, oh. if you do that. So, yeah, um, yeah. Pokemon <laughs> needs a difficulty scale. A little bit, because <laughs> this was actually like I think the AI was the best it's been in a while in this game. <laughs> you know, like wow, cool. Well, yeah, I I enjoyed it. So we'll see. Maybe I'll beat it. Awesome. Uh, so I've been playing a game called Unavowed that I think Thompson and probably only Thompson in this group would get way into. Okay, I'm I'm already into it. The name sounds great. It's a a super. It's like a paranormal investigations point and click. Okay. Um, you make your protagonist, and the game starts with you waking up as the subject of an exorcism because a demon's been in control of your body, rampaging through <laughs> the earth for a couple weeks. Okay. That sounds awesome. And then it's like, well. I guess, like, since a demon took over my life, I can't go back to being a normal life. I'll join your crew of paranormal investigators. And it's a it's a point-and-click adventure with the sort of Bioware companion ethos. Like, you spend the first half of the game or so picking up characters, and you can only ever bring two of them on an investigation with you. So, like, you get a new mission, and it's like, oh, yeah... You know, this cop in the Bronx is telling us she's got, like, weird murders going on. You can bring, like, the cop that works with you, or your genie friend, or... <laughs> your genie friend. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the group of companions I have right now, is there's a cop, there's a genie, and there's a psychic. And it's like, well, I don't need to talk to ghosts, and this seems like, you know, I don't want to get murdered, so I'm going to bring the genie and the cop. 
So, uh, what is this? Unavowed? I don't see it online. Unavowed. Oh, unavowed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was different. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the game you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Was, that sounds really cool to me. That was really like, cool. And it sounds awesome and, like, definitely up my alley, of course. <laughs> is it a point and click in, like, the traditional, like, I yeah. found a... Yeah, it's a point and click in the traditional, like, you have an inventory and use that inventory to solve puzzles. Right. And, like, the companions who bring change the puzzle paths a little bit, but okay. not too much. And they can die? I don't believe they can die. Okay. Well, I'm gonna find out. <laughs> uh, I haven't been in a scenario where they've died yet, but I'm only a couple hours in. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really good. I'm digging it a lot. Um, but I also like puzzle games more than most, so... It's true, but I, some are really fucking good, and I take your word yeah. on it, because you're the puzzle guy in my eyes. <laughs> This does sound like a very Andy Brown game. Yeah. I don't no, know, though. It's a like fun premise. Every, every, like, second I spent with it, I thought, oh, man, this is Thompson's aesthetic. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, the pictures look beautiful from what I just saw. So, uh, Thompson, what about you? What have you been playing? Oh, um, so, you may remember a little game called XCOM 2. Uh, it had War of the Chosen came out, like, a while ago, but it was on sale finally. And just like any good XCOM expansion... It actually changes the game enough that I feel like it's a whole new game again. Like, it adds enough to it. So, like, holy shit. If you like XCOM, please get it. I sat on this for so long. Don't do what I did. Sail or not, the expansion is just phenomenal. It, it, it adds, like, whole new layers of mechanics. It has, like, a pseudo-nemesis system from, like, Shadow of Mordor and all that crap. Oh, the really? Chosen, yeah, the Chosen are the aliens, like operatives like the way you're playing you have a you know a team and all that shit and they evolve over time so i have recently killed one of the three permanently which is really hard to do because uh, they just come back every time so you got to like blow up their home base and all that shit uh lost a few guys doing it which for me in an XCOM game is brutal like i generally beat these games with like one casualty per campaign uh and like i already lost like five so the difficulty is, like, shot up, and I love it, because I'm actually losing people, and, like, shit's getting real, and, like, people I've been attached to have been captured on the battlefield, because the Chosen will just fucking sneak up and, like, literally kidnap your people off the field now. And is it's it because like, the Chosen will do that, or is it because you're a trash commander who lets his men die? Um, no. <laughs> it's because the one lady can go invisible, run up behind your car- your entire team, doesn't trigger Overwatch shots, and then melee stabs you, and guess what? You're out. So it's like, you literally can't counter that. But... Yeah. Wait, they have they have Overwatch content in this game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like Winston wow. jumps in. No. Uh, Sounds like Tracer. Yeah. The Overwatch mechanic is you just fortify like your character and say, like, I'll shoot anything that moves next turn if they come in my sight rather than shooting now. So it's good for defense. But, um, yeah, the fucking Chosen get better. Like, now the one character gained new abilities. So now that I've killed the other one, um, I can't use Overwatch shots on that character. So it's like, fight a boss without playing defensively now on a game where you're offensively you'll die um really fucking fun i'm digging the challenge the entire game mechanics are different it actually takes previous dlcs and integrates it into the game in a different way so the previous storylines for like these like super aliens that were modified were just quests you went to do now they're actually part of the story and like it's crazy to think that they went back had previous dlcs and were like we don't like the way this worked so we're going to integrate it better and change that so yeah straight up it's like a whole new game for me and those games are great if you like them, like the turn-based tactical stuff. I think War of the Chosen might be, like, right now my definitive one. Like, 
I loved XCOM yeah. 2, but this one already just... It's just like what it did for the first game. If you played the first one and you liked Enemy Unknown, you're like, wow, this should have been here at the start, and I didn't realize it. Same with this. Everything in it was just perfect. Also, it had zombies, so, like, come on. Shooting zombies is always fun. Shooting zombies That's is awesome, always man. fun. Yeah. I can confirm. And you can yeah. feel like a badass because the attacks will chain together if you do it right. So, shooting, like, ten in a turn, um, you just feel like a god, and then you get crushed. So, it's cool. It's really cool, man. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I kind of feel like it's been a while since I've played a zombie game. I think I'm ready. Well, it's not a zombie well, game. game I mean, it's just know, where you kill zombies. It, it adds uh, an entirely new like days faction, gone. Essentially. Days gone. No, Pete, days no. gone. That's the one that's coming out. Like, days gone. Yeah. With the yeah, it's that that's yeah. the PlayStation yeah, game. You should, Hell yeah! You Hell yeah, Sean! That right now, just made me feel like, oh, I want to kill a zombie. You Sony Band, let's go! Play the Last of Us. Yeah. You want a good story? And zombie, like, 99% they're zombies. Fuck it. Why yeah, not? day is gone. Good story. It's not zombies. It's not, he's got There's it. There's not even zombies in The Last of Us. They're like fucking flower people or whatever. Flower people. Like in Resident Evil. They walk around, moan, and bite you and everything. Yeah, they're, they're no worse than the Resident Evil 4 and beyond. You know how they're they're basically zombies, yeah. even if they're not like zombies. You know? Yo, my, so. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, but my favorite, like, goon villains of all time in a video game are those Spanish dudes in Resident Evil 4. Those are my favorite oh, characters. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, like, they just walk around and say weird they're, shit. They're just and, like, like uh, they, they, they'll say this. Um, they boy said picadillo. They walk around <laughs> talking shit like that. It's so funny. I remember oh, the being first in the time castle. you shoot one of them and its head turns into a bug is the scariest oh, goddamn I shat a brick when that happened. Yep. That was amazing. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I was like, he's dead. Oh, he's not dead. And what do I do? <laughs> my scaredest moment in gaming by far. Is when you're in the boat and that big ass creature comes out. Oh, I was fuck playing that. that on the on the um, Wii with the you know the handheld the. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the dark, <laughs> two a.m. and I lost my mind. Oh my god! Oh. I bet. Oof! Sorry for derailing, but uh, no, 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 no. Resident that's the kind of tangent I like. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh my god! That that was a missed opportunity as a random question of the week. Favorite goon villain? <laughs> oh, man. oh my god! All right, so if you want to let us know what you're playing this week, uh, or you know, comment on any of the other stuff we talk about on this or any other episode of the Video Game Pals, remember you can hit us up by writing in at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. Uh, follow at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold, or hit us up in the comments down below. And uh, let us know what uh, what you've been playing this month, because I've been away. I don't know. Like, I, I want to know. I want to hear. What do you What are you guys getting into? What are you getting getting your mitts on after Christmas? What games were under the tree for you? Just look at all <laughs> of our Steam profiles and see what was played last week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess that means it's time for the news. The news. We talking about the news. The news. The news. We talking about the news. All right, so we've got six items on the news list this week, and uh, kicking things off, Celeste is getting one final update before Matt Makes Games announces their plans for the future. So, uh, Matt Thorson, who is the Matt behind Matt Makes Games, uh, took to Twitter to basically announce that, uh, to celebrate the game's success, and uh, he threw out a couple interesting numbers about how Celeste has done. Uh, So... 
He said, Celeste sold over 500,000 copies in 2018. Thank you, everyone who played it. We never expected it to reach so many people. We're working on some Farewell Celeste levels, which should be ready in early 2019. They're very hard, and we'll be announcing what's next for us in the New Year's as well. See you in 2019. Smiley face. So, uh, yeah, for starters, you know, obviously that's a great number uh, for a game of Celeste size. So congratulations to Matt Thorson and the team at Matt Makes Games. Uh, Really, really excited to get an extra little bit of Celeste content before they move on to what's next. And uh, they... You know, I I was familiar with them beforehand for um what was that other that multiplayer game that they Towerfall, I think. Yeah. Either way. I was familiar with Matt Makes Games before Celeste, but they made a fan of me, so I'm very excited to see what is next from them. Uh but it's cool that Celeste is getting one little final farewell before they move on to the next thing. So um this is my my last opportunity here to plug celeste before we stop talking about it probably forever so you guys should go play celeste uh if you got an xbox if you're one of the three people out there with an xbox one and xbox live gold celeste is free in january so i'm looking forward to picking it up um i'll talk to you about celeste in january pete don't worry yes i get two more chances to talk about celeste hooray (laughs) (laughs) well pete make Um, me play it then we'll have to talk about it boom (laughs) Maybe we'll do a pals play. But yeah, seriously, uh, if you're a fan of platformers, you should really give it some of your time. Check for it uh, on sale if you're not willing to shell out the full price. Uh, It's well worth your time. So, uh, moving right along, those who decided to skip the PlayStation Classic due to the system's hefty price tag and poor reviews might want to give the failed mini console a second look as it is now currently on sale and has been uh, for about half its original asking price. So this is as much a PSA for you if you want to go pick it up as it is like a, whoo, this is not doing hot. But uh, so the console released on December 3rd to negative reviews, as we reported, um, and it's clearly struggled to sell because uh, the thing is marked down. I, I've got a link to a GameSpot article where there are it's available on like six or seven, eight different retailers at $60 or lower. Uh, 55 is the lowest I've seen it right now. So, which is nearly half the original asking price of a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's oof. I was at the mall the other day and I saw like stacks of them with now available at $60. It's like, Oh, what's actually like, I haven't really read their negative reviews. What is the problem with it? Is it just the price or? So, uh, I think it's a, it was a kind of a, a cocktail of it's too expensive People were not super satisfied with the library, and okay. some of the uh, games that they chose were, I think, and Andy might be able to help me fill in the blanks here, but it was, like, the PAL versions, and they were, oh, like, not shit. super yeah. well-optimized. Like, it was just all around n- not a great package. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but... I personally am thinking about picking one of these up now that they're so cheap and seeing if uh, Andy might help me crack it open and see if we can't load in some, you know, um, some of my totally... I own all the games I want to play. Yeah, if you own all the games, we will legally dump the discs and put them on your PlayStation. And I I own, like, every good game on the PlayStation 1 that I feel like playing, so all I really want to do is dump all my PS1 games and throw them on an HDMI-capable device. Do you you uh, own uh, Symphony of the Night on the PS1? 
because you, you don't know own I don't all the good games if you don't have that. So that's true. But we could just get the 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 pack that comes with Rondo of Blood. <laughs> so. No, or you could just take mine pre greatest hits copy worth like buttloads of money that I still play. What there up? we go. <laughs> so uh, so there we go. I'm just gonna get your one. Then. No, you're it's not. Fine. I'm saying you gotta yeah. get your own. You gotta oh, be. Right. You gotta represent Castlevania life. <laughs> Wait, why'd you offer him to have yours and then just say? So it was because just to snatch it away. I, I offer and I take it away, so he can know the glory of having a copy. Some greedy little shit. I fucking you know. All right, fine, fine. I, Either this, way, this is so intriguing because I think that this is this has to be in like the top five fails of 2018, right? Like this little yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to. You know, I mean, it's PlayStation Mini, everything else, it was like, what the fuck, right? Everyone wants the minis. You wouldn't expect it to be bad. And here it's got, like, <laughs> PAL versions and shit. Like, what the hell? I think it's just funny because, like, the, 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 like, when you look at the whole package here, right? Like, before Nintendo, every one of these classic systems sucked. Yeah. And yeah. now, like, Nintendo came out and did it well, so we're like, oh, they can be good. Yeah, I, I, uh, so, I don't know, like, it's funny because I was surprised that this was such a fumble, but, like, maybe we shouldn't have been. I mean, yeah, everything else, the plug-and-play Jack-specific things, this is, it's this, you know, they're shit, right, mostly. But Nintendo comes out makes a good couple of them, and I think, obviously, PlayStation was like, fuck it, we're gonna get on that. So I thought we just were maybe deceived into thinking, hey, this is what people are gonna do now, but I don't know, man. But th- this is this is Sony. Like you expect that if That's what, yeah. Sony or yeah. Microsoft or Nintendo are putting their muscle behind anything, that's gonna come out quality. Um, At least enough, yeah. Let alone something. This is extremely simple. Like when you really think about it, what what were they charged with? Taking games that people loved twenty years ago and putting them all on a console. What's so hard about that? Like, technically speaking, I have no clue, right? Because I don't make these things. But just the idea of it, and then you put the money behind and make it work. If Nintendo can do it, why can't Sony do it? No, like, you're definitely right. Like, even, I'm obviously not a tech guy either, but it's super simple. People do it all the time with Raspberry Pis or, like, yeah. and the, we, I know Andy and I, I don't even remember if we talked about this specifically on the show, but the emulator that they used, they didn't even make you know, like it was—it was already available PlayStation emulator. That's the most popular, well-optimized one. Me? So they didn't, e- Wait, no, they didn't even no, make it. So no, they didn't okay. even make it, and it's open source, so they didn't have to pay for it. Oh my they god! Just... Okay, so yeah, so literally, that, that they sucks. just took this already complete piece of software, and all they had to do was dump ROMs in it or ISOs because it's not—it's ROMs are only for cartridges. But either way, like the fact that we have PlayStation One classics playing. On like PS3 and everything, like it's like it's 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 doable. It's it's super doable. Yeah. And like, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why it was such a misstep, especially because it's a thing that nobody was asking for, and they had every opportunity to get it totally right. You just blow us out of the water with something great, you know. Well, when they started doing these, my first thought was, I want a PlayStation One. Uh, so yeah, me too. I th- I definitely think that there was a market for this. And I just, I mean, they bungled it. Like, how? I, if I had to guess, it's, because it's all the libraries weird and bad, right? 
if I had to guess, they just didn't have the relationships that they could pull in those third-party games. Like, they could reach out to... Does Activision own Crash? Yes. Yeah, they could reach out to Activision and say, hey, we're making this thing, we want to put Crash on it. You know, it's going to retail for 100 bucks. we'll give you your cut. And Activision's like, oh, we're making the remastered collection, so no. And, like, I'm sure that that was part of it, but, I mean, like, it wasn't just the issue of, like, the library. Like, it would be one thing if it was just, like, oh, it's missing games like Crash and Spyro. But the fact that it's, like, poorly optimized and that it was, like, not even, like, it's not even, like, feature protected. Like, you can put in a code and activate the emulation menu, and all you need to do is plug in a USB and load games on it. Like, they didn't even, like... They didn't even, like, make an effort to make it, like, a well-done piece of software. Whereas, like, you look at, like, to Sean's point, uh, the NES and the SNES Classic, and, I like, the first thing that Thompson and I said when we booted them both up is, like, holy crap, it just looks so nice. Dude, the package is I... so nice. There's so much love and care and attention put into it. It's well-optimized. Yeah, they put yeah. in all these great quality and the light controller features. controller felt like it came out of 1985 or whatever, you know? Like, it, uh-huh. it's like the moment you, you started playing it, there's like that, that spark comes back. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really was there. You know? It was on point as much as it could be. Um, it's an experience, yeah. It did a great job. <laughs> It's just a shame that there's this this huge missed opportunity. I'm looking at the but, games list now, and it's like there's only 12 games, and like yeah, some of them are like are pretty good. There's Metal Gear Solid, and there's Resident Evil, and all that. But like, we we've had Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid redone on other things all the time. You know what I mean? And there's there's only 12 games, and if you, these aren't bad games by a long shot, but like I can see now for a hundred dollars, 12 games, probably you got access to at least half of these somewhere else. You know, I, I don't know. The, the minis from Nintendo were kind of like, yeah, I might have access to them, but this is a nice way to get to them because there's a bunch and they're of them cheap, and like, super easy, and it's it's good. It feels you good. know, like th- they're sixty bucks, or the one was like seventy or whatever, but like sixty dollars is what you pay for a boxed game. Yeah, that's like not unreasonable for a console yeah, yeah. with two controllers and like thirty games or whatever. All, you know, like sure. I didn't feel like those uh, when when they asked for the, that price, I didn't feel like that was unreasonable. Whereas with the the PlayStation, I was immediately like a hundred dollars, like, and then the reviews came in, and it's like, all right, well, forget it. Yep, exactly. I would have tried to get it for Christmas if you know people had a better reaction to it. I mean, now I might go pick up a couple of them and mod them and give them out for Christmas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Like, I guess if you were just interested in getting it to have on your shelf and like have the collector's item of it all like now seems like a better opportunity to get it at like a fair price so hopefully their blunder can be your gain you know and if you're one of the people that does buy these and mod it or whatever like reach out to me and let me know how it went because i'm i'm interested Uh, i'd love a hd solution for playing playstation games for pals play you know uh, so speaking of Sony getting punked by Nintendo, the Switch has officially surpassed the PS4's lifetime sales in Japan. Wow. That's crazy. Ooh. Yeah. So according to the analytics company Media Create, which is uh, a com- it's a Japanese company that regularly compiles numbers this way, uh, the Switch has sold 6.67 million units in Japan to date. 
uh, just narrowly surpassing the PS4 and PS4 Slims combined uh, 6.54 million units. So we're talking just a couple thousand, but um, you know this is interesting because the PS4 has been on the market since 2014, whereas the Switch hasn't even celebrated its second birthday yet. So this is a huge, huge uh, ado- uh, like rate of adoption, which I guess isn't super surprising when you think of like what Japan's gaming habits are like and how uh, popular the 3DS and the PlayStation Vita have been over there switch is a natural evolution but uh but yeah still obviously a major achievement yeah i mean hats off to them i i don't uh i don't look at this as i look at this as switch just being great you know switch being something Mm -hmm. that you know has really caught fire in a big way because it's quality i don't look at it necessarily as like the ps4 being bad or anything like that i think Oh no! PS4 is a great yeah, console. I, I just think Switch is very unique, and it provides something different. You know, we've talked a lot about the Switch and why people enjoy it so much. I think the portability really, really matter. Sorry, really matters. Um, this is the. This is what I think Sony wanted. Like, at least in my mind, I could be totally off base. I think this is what Sony would have liked, like the the PSP to be. You know, that portable, like, almost console. Um, That was, like, the original tagline for the Vita. You know, it was console-quality gaming on the go. Yeah. I I remember being so excited for that when I was a kid, and then I just never bought it because I realized, like, wait, there's no way. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be one-to-one. It's not possible. Uh, But with the Switch, it it is possible. Uh, And that's cool. I don't like it non-docked at all in fact the other day i was raging because i wanted to dock it and i was struggling to get it in the little hole i was like this is bullshit it should just always be docked but um, that's so crazy to me because <laughs> i only play in handheld mode yeah me too i know, I know. People feel like that. it's it's just funny because andy and thompson only play in handheld mode you only want to play in docked mode and i'm like always going between the two depending on what i'm playing right. um but it's, but it's the perfect fusion, and it's the only time we've ever seen this, gotten this right, and it's clear that this is what gamers have always wanted, and gamers around the world are uniting around the Switch. Especially Nintendo gamers, sure. you know? Because, like, if, you, if you're if you a Nintendo person, like, handhelds have been part of your your world, you know? Like, you know, if you're somebody like me, since you got on the scene, you know, my first console i ever owned was a game boy so it's like i've always had a soft spot for handheld can't uh consoles and i know andy's the same way so like yeah for me it's like the switch is it's not just the perfect console for the way i like to play games it's the perfect console for the way nintendo makes games you know and like to not have to split their resources across two systems has obviously paid major dividends for them because they've had a fucking nintendo original game every quarter since the Switch has been out, and that's never happened before. Right, and not to mention the fact that, like, in the earlier years, if you wanted to play, like, a Mario game, for example, you know, they had really good Mario games on on um, handhelds, but you couldn't get that Mario 64. You couldn't get that no. Mario Sunshine. That was core console. Now, you can get the 
Super Mario Brothers 2D side-scroller type game, but you can also get the Mario Galaxy type game, and you can play that on, on, on the go, on mobile. That's incredible. Yep, and like... Smash Brothers, like, it's literally, or Mario Kart, like, there have been mobile mobile versions of both of those games before, but you've never been able to do, like, you know, like, I'm about to go on a vacation with my girlfriend in January, right? And you better believe that while we're waiting for our plane, I'm going to be pulling out the Switch, throwing up that kickstand, and we're going to be fucking doing some Smash duos, you know? Like, for sure. And on the, on the plane and all that kind of shit, like, it's, the Switch is just such a perfect console if you're a person that's on the go you know because like i'm that asshole who when i travel i would bring my playstation 4 with me so i could play whatever game i'm playing at night i don't have to do that anymore sometimes i still do like with spider-man or whatever if there's a game i'm really intimately invested in but like with the switch it's like it's it's so easy to even grab your dock and throw it in a bag and go to your boy's house or whatever and fucking throw down or whatever you know and like that's or like when I go to the movie theater, I'm doing that shit. You know, like sitting. Oh, we're sitting in the theater waiting for the movie to start. Let's play Mario Kart. It's like that's wild, and I love it. It's fucking great. So I agree, Sean. Yeah, I don't. I think it's it's clearly that the Switch is succeeding because it's it's awesome. It's really well developed and well designed, and they put a lot of thought into it, and it's fucking great. But I think its success in Japan, it's like. It, it's it's just so clearly the perfect console for the way that Japanese gamers like to play. As the uh, expert on the East, Pete, why don't you uh, explain <laughs> to me what I you am. mean by that? Well, uh, it's, it's funny because this is actually an area where I am an expert. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, so in Japan, uh, generally speaking, handheld consoles perform much better than they than their home console variants because in Japan most people live in like well at least when you're talking about like cities and stuff like that right like homes are small like most people have smaller apartments so like they don't often um entertain at home like time spent with friends is generally in public places so that's why games like Monster Hunter that on the 3DS had that hotspot multiplayer shit popped off. You know, like, Monster Hunter is a huge deal in Japan, partly because of that reason, and because it was a game that you could easily be like, oh, I'm on the train on the way to work. Let's see if anybody else is playing, and I can jump in a group or whatever and, and do that kind of gameplay. That's that's the kind of games that Japanese gamers tend to gravitate towards. And that's why, you know, this uh, the PS4 has sold 86 million units worldwide. And only 6 million of them are in Japan, which is the country where it was made, you know? And we've sold four times that, I think, roughly in the States. There's like 20 or 30 million in the United States. Uh, So it speaks to the fact that like – and like, right, like a a week or two ago, the Switch surpassed the Vita's lifetime sales. So I want to put that in perspective. The Vita – which everybody thinks, oh, is a total failure. There are about as many Vitas in Japan in the wild as there are PlayStation 4s. So that's that's the way that they prefer to play games. And there are, like, societal reasons for it. And, like, you know, just the fact that the whole country is, like, mostly based on public transportation. You have a lot of opportunity to sit down and play a game, you know? So the Switch just seems to be, like 
totally made for that market, but is also obviously perfect for us here. You know, if you live in an urban area, you're probably experiencing the same thing. If you live in New York City, probably a pretty similar situation. You know, if you're traveling every day and you have a small apartment, it's like, well, it's great to have something on the go. Thank you for that uh, succinct explanation, Peter Yoshida. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Arigato. <laughs> it's just like one of my Japanese animes. Uh, so, so now for something completely different. Jack Black has launched a YouTube gaming channel. Uh, and in his first video, which came out uh, earlier this week on December 21st, he said uh, he said that he is proud to announce the launch of his new channel, Jablinski, uh, which will have games, food, and life. <laughs> <laughs> so in this video, which if you haven't checked out, you should absolutely be watching, uh Jack Black's already got 5.5 million views, and his channel celebrated having over a million subscribers before he even posted his second wow. video, which was a video <laughs> thanking people for this for the one million subscribers. Uh, if you check out one of the pinned, it's like the top pinned comment on the original video. It it sounds like it's a collaboration with his son, and Jack's uh, he has a quote where he says, uh, "He's holding me hostage, and I can't be tracer." So it seems like Jack Black is collaborating with his son on a YouTube channel. Uh, and this is hilarious. I have already subscribed. I can't wait to see what Jack Black does in this space. <laughs> so uh, but before I have a follow-up for you guys on this, what do you think about Jack Black's YouTube channel? Are you going to tune nope. in? <laughs> yeah, I'm with Sean here. I'm going to subscribe in like 10 seconds. I love Jack Black. That man could do no wrong in my eyes. I'll follow him to the depths of hell. There, there, I don't know if there's a celebrity who people care about that I care about less than Jack Black. Damn. Yeah, really? I really like I him. thought I he was, was cool dead. Guy. There, like, a few years ago, I was like, wow. I think it was Goosebumps was coming out or something. And I was like, oh, Dude, Jack he just put out Black? a second movie. I thought he died. <laughs> he released the second the second movie after Pick a Destiny entirely free on YouTube, and he did like all the artwork and like MS Paint, so it's really bad and it's on purpose, but it's amazing. It's a really cool movie, and he just released it wow. like this year. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's he's it's like he might think he's dead, but the man's always been doing something in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. I just can't I can't get with that, man. I don't know. Well then, Sean, um, my random question of the week <laughs> is perfect for you. All right. What celebrity would you like to see launch their own YouTube oh, channel? Oh, you thought this was perfect for me? I guess you don't know me. I don't give a shit about celebrities, <laughs> and no one should host a YouTube channel. Leave that for the people. No one? No one. No celebrities. Leave that for people like us. Uh... Because, you know, I don't care what games celebrities play, to be honest. I got out of that phase a long time ago. And the only time I really cared was when I found out that celebrities played World of Warcraft. But, um, yeah, I don't care what, what celebrities do on YouTube. They should not even be on YouTube. My man with the spicy hot takes. See, it's still perfect. I got what I wanted. It's, it's fire. Go. I got heat. <laughs> 
So Thompson, you're already satisfied with with Jack Black, but well, if you had another pick, who would it be? Easily Danny DeVito. There's no way in hell I'd watch anyone but him first if he was there. He's my number one pick for most things. So I would watch Danny DeVito do Let's Plays. I'd watch him do just about anything. I don't care. He wants to just do nothing. He can sit there and watch paint dry. It'd be fucking hilarious. I have that, like, a live, like, you know, feed on my phone. Like, I could be working and be like, what are you watching? Dan DeVito watching paint dry. You know how fucking great of a topic that is? <laughs> All right. What about you, Ando? I'm going to take Sean's oh. answer, but with different reasoning, and say nobody, because I wouldn't watch it anyway. <laughs> wow. Some hater-ass haters. <laughs> Andy Andy with the spicy hot takes. Thank you. That's uh, um, it's not really that spicy. This is the thing I've made known. But... yeah. If I did have to get one celebrity, I'd want to get Sam Watterson from Law & Order. <laughs> Just Sam Watterson doing, like, really, like, fucking laid-back Let's Plays. Just doing, like, a really laid-back SimCity Let's Play. <laughs> I've, got, I've got an answer. If I've got to give an answer, it's a random question. You know, we don't know about all of these. My answer is Denzel Washington. Because I want to... <laughs> I want to hear... Denzel Washington say inspiring things every day. I just want to hear what he has to say about life and what he's thinking, and that's it. I just I want to hear him talk. I want to hear Denzel's thoughts on life and Fortnite. Hopefully he doesn't talk about Fortnite, because if he does, I'm unsubscribing. But yeah, that's so that's a, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Don't I don't want to hear him talk about games. I just want to hear him talk about. Life. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, you don't want Denzel's hottest smash tips. Um. Yeah, because those are probably how, really how, good. How funny would it be if you just like like found like Denzel Washington announces he's starting to like a YouTube channel. He's like, I'm actually really deep in the pro smash <laughs> scene, and I've been training for years, and like I'm ready to unleash my skills. That would be hot, actually. Um, something <laughs> like that happened. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, as it turns out, oh yeah, is, like, right, way into Street Fighter. And he actually, like, kept it on the low for a long time, except in his music, you could hear the references, but then he, like, put Roots in the scene, and he ended up having a feature match with Daigo. And he got completely See, bodied, but... <laughs> but... Of course he did! It's like it's like when they let CM Punk fight in the UFC. It was just for show. Yeah. Lupe, Lupe's probably... <laughs> Bet, much better than the average person, but those people are like, that's their life, you know? Yeah, while well, he's busy making music, they're busy fucking... Actually, I'm sorry. While well, he's busy making beats, they're busy beating ass. That works. That's, sure. that's, that's There's something there. I was... I tried. Uh... So, for... <laughs> For mine, I had I had two thoughts on this. Uh, my number one answer is it's got to be John Mulaney for the same reason that you threw out Denzel Washington, which is just I would really watch John Mulaney do anything. Um, you know, I, I feel like him and Nick Kroll could definitely uh, throw out some some quality. I'm not even a Nick Kroll guy, but they're friends. They could they could throw out some quality let's plays. I think, um, but I think it would actually be funnier if it was. And he's already in online media, but, um, oh, crap, hold on. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, it's the guy, he's the voice actor who does talking tunes. Uh, Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson is, like, a, a great voice actor. He's, like, got a, a really good podcast, and um, 
he uh like you'd you'd know him from like Animaniacs and um he's done several of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. Like he's all over the place. Uh I think him doing a series where he exclusively played like narrative games with dialogue where he did all the voices, I would definitely <laughs> sign up for that. <laughs> I play that game. So uh yeah, if you want to let us know which celebrity you hope uh, joins joins the fray and does a collab with Jack Black? Let us know and all the ways I mentioned above on how to contact us. Uh, but in celebrities, I wish would just go away. News: Soldier Boy, wow, uh, is not afraid of nerds or Nintendo, but he probably fucking should be because Did he say actually he, he's not afraid of nerds. He 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 said he wasn't afraid of a expletive for. Oh, homophobic slur nerds. That's what he said. Um, yeah, so if you guys haven't been following this story, I don't think oh, we've touched on this God. yet on the show, have we? I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't think we've So the, I've, I've been just waiting for it to, like, reach peak ridiculous, and I feel like him going on a tweet storm, like, this this was the time for me, and it was, it was a slow week. So if you haven't been following this, uh, Soldier Boy has released a video game console. I think two now. Three. That are three, okay. That are literally or maybe even just four. And either way, there's I've got an article that links to it with all the information. Uh he has bought he has basically bought these Chinese knockoff consoles that have games preloaded in them, put his name on them, and then is selling them at a markup. Excuse me. <laughs> and then it, yeah, and he's been doing this shit for it's it's probably been like about a month. Um it's it's the Chinese Shenzhen Yamling Pro 4K console. Uh and then basically he threw out this huge like thing of tweets that he's he since deleted where he's like <laughs> basically he goes Nintendo ain't going to do shit. And critics don't know how business works, LMAO, nothing is going to happen. And he also said that those making YouTube videos criticizing his consoles should eat a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, and he goes, if Nintendo was going to do something, and and I'm not reading this exactly the way it's written, you know, the words, uh, because it's Twitter, it's Twitter speak. Uh, if Nintendo was going to do something, they would have the first day. My console's not going anywhere. Everything I'm doing is 100% legit. Stay mad and I'll keep getting richer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... No, dude. <laughs> no, it's what you're doing is not legit. So yeah, you're right, Thompson. There's four consoles. There's the Retro Soldier Boy Mini. Yeah. Which is the Game Boy ripoff. Uh, there's the Soldier Game Fuse, which is like a <laughs> PS4. That's the best name for a console I've ever heard. Then there's the Soldier Game, which looks like an Xbox One. Uh, and then the Soldier Game Handheld, which looks like the 3DS. Yeah, why didn't he call uh, the Game Boy rip- ripoff, like, the Soldier Boy? You know, like, doesn't that make sense? Ooh. It's, it's this, the Retro yeah. Soldier Boy Mini. <laughs> uh, and then the thing... That's, like, again, that I just... It's one thing to rip off design, right? That would be legal. Yeah. But what he also did is that the games come with built-in emulation from games from the NES, the SNES, and Sega, and then, like, old PlayStation games. 
What? So fuck soldier. The, boy. the the fact that he thinks that this is somehow legal and that nothing's gonna happen and he's not afraid of Nintendo or you know uh, a bunch of f word nerds. It's like mm, you probably should be, man. Like I especially because like he tweeted all this shit. Where he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm admitting it, but it doesn't matter. And then deleted them. Man, it's the internet. Motherfuckers screenshotted this shit right away. It's all over the place. Like, I just, this is, this is probably the craziest story that we've talked about this year. That isn't just like, that isn't like, oh, this is like a horrifying incident that shocked me to my very core. Just objectively, like, this makes the fact that there's a new Intellivision console seem normal. <laughs> this is my favorite. Story. I like how, he, how he's hedging his bets. This is my favorite story. Like, like he's, he says he's not afraid of Nintendo. Fine, maybe he's like pulling like the copyright deadlock strategy. What if I copied Xbox, you know, PlayStation and Nintendo? That's why Nintendo can't do anything because all three of them are gonna have to do it at once, and they can't. Like, maybe he's out of his fucking mind thinking that's what's gonna happen. Because man, they all got on stage at the Game Awards. I'm sure they'll they'll all go against them in one. That's lawsuit. what I mean. If he doesn't. Think, if this, <laughs> Maybe he's like a like a fucking pariah is gonna die for his sins on the uh, and and these will galvanize all three companies into one mutual thing finally. Like maybe that's what he's hoping for in the long run, and this is some next level fucking four D chess mind game shit. But I don't believe it. <laughs> I think he's out of his mind, and I think he's severely wrong on Nintendo not doing something. Um, and I don't think he stands a chance. And it's so funny that he's like, oh, if they were going to do something, they would have done it already. Oh, they're building a case, buddy. uh, They're building a case. Yeah, it's like, that's not how it works, bro. Like, I'm sure they're building a case against you right now because you just put out a tweet where you're like, oh, we passed 5 million in sales. And the more consoles he releases, the more case that they're built. So they're probably just like, yo, let him hang himself a little more. Give him another month. See what he does. (laughs) Well, and like the really funny, the funny thing about it, right, is that like, if he's lying, like if he's just like, "Oh, we passed five million, ha ha ha," like yeah. to just be like, "Fuck you," right. that's in, that's gonna be the number that they're like, "He sold five million. This is how much money he owes us." Yeah, regardless of what happens or like how many sales or not, they're gonna just come up with this number based on what he says <laughs> and keeps claiming. It's just like, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, I don't even like understand how he ever thought this would be okay, or why he even like where where this idea even came from of like, yes, me has been rapper Soldier Boy is going to release a series of consoles I that I just them. buy from a Chinese developer and mark up because I'm a genius. It's like, what do you what? He's obviously a genius. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo's gonna do him like Jay Z did Ja Rule and just disappear him from pop culture. <laughs> yeah, that's just, just. I mean, if he wasn't already, the, the, he's relevant yeah, again. Nintendo's the fucking and... Disney of this, of this. Yeah, no, you don't fuck with Nintendo. Yeah, the mouse needs its cheese, man. You don't mess with that. The spice must flow, and this guy's coming in saying, "Nah, I'm stopping the shipments." Mm-mm. You don't do that. <laughs> like, dude, Nintendo... Yeah, Nintendo does not let shit like this go, ever. Yeah, uh... I'm honestly more, like, excited the fact that this didn't end this year, that we have a really strong, fun topic to constantly talk about in 2019. I think that that's, like, my favorite part of the story, actually. The fact that, like, it's not over yet. Like, yes. It's a, it's gonna be a rich area, yeah, I it's think. Like, I can't wait to see where this goes. This is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> 
Oh, I I feel like it. I feel like there's a definite possibility that it ends with Soldier Boy bankrupt and or in prison. Oh yeah, yeah. Because this is like super <laughs> <Sure>. illegal. <laughs> I would love it if he actually ended up in prison, not because I have a great desire to see Soldier Boy in prison, just because I think it'd be really funny. I think it'd be funny if he ended up going to jail for this, because he's so like openly breaking the law and not yeah. caring and like <laughs> laughing like i there, got you all like there, there's, there's like you levels. idiots you don't know how business works there's levels to this kind of scam shit and like people do kind of shit like this all the time and like nobody really like you know gets the band hammer and goes to jail but this dude comes out and he's like not only am i doing it but here i'm gonna brag about it i'm gonna rub it in your face and he's and it's, like it's just funny shit about it it's just funny because normally when you get a story of, like, a musician who's, like, flagrantly breaking the law, like, especially in hip-hop, like, it's like, oh, it's like, like, oh, they were, like, doing something, like, fucking on the black market or it's, like, like you know, like, violence or something like that or whatever. It's like, no, this motherfucker is just selling crack video game consoles. Selling bootleg Chinese video game consoles. <laughs> It's <laughs> like the least tough crime that you could be convicted of. Soldier Boy's the least <laughs> tough rapper, so it makes sense. <laughs> that, that's oh, like uh, it's the modern day opium wars. This is just like the video game wars oh, of 2018. My God, when they were flooded with the, with the knockoff chocolate. It's just like but you're fucking killing me with this. <laughs> let's let's understand also that Soldier Boy is 28 years old. So, he's my same age. Wow. Yeah, dude, I mean, he was like, he was like our age when, you know, like, I remember when, when the song came out, he was like 16 or whatever. Yeah. Holy shit, I did not know that. I thought he How was does like it? 28 when he released the song. Can you, can you imagine, like, you're 16 you release this crappy song and you're like, I got my whole career ahead of me. Little did you know, this was your peak, and that the most, the next most relevant time you'd be in the conversation of pop culture was for was for selling bootleg video game consoles. I love this story so much. Oh my god, I'm I'm ready to watch him roll right into jail. So did, did did you say how this sort of ended? I, I maybe I missed it. No, no, like there's there's no there's no like resolution well, yet. He, like it's he actually has taken his stuff down, and he sent out a tweet uh, last night or yesterday that says, "I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. It's over." <laughs> what? <laughs> and the first reply. <laughs> Is the, the first reply is the DJ Khaled thing of him saying, "Congratulations, you played yourself." <laughs> <laughs> he had to boss up. Oh my up. god! He had to boss up. <laughs> we don't know how business works, so he took oh them off god. the Soldier Watch website. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that. That's yep. hilarious. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. It's my favorite. Stop. <laughs> oh my god. Wait a <laughs>
<laughs> you have to see this right now. Hold on. I'm sharing it with you. <laughs> it's in the hangouts. It's there. Oh my god. Oh no, Sean, what are you about to? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> so, awesome. so this picture, this it's incredible. it's the tweet of Soldier Boy saying Nintendo ain't gonna do shit, and then the, it's just a picture underneath it of a bunch of me fighters from Smash. First one is Soldier Boy, yellow team. Next one, it's Reggie and seven <laughs> or six lawyers, and that's the red team. And they're all from like the the fucking symbol. Oh god, they have briefcases. <laughs> so mad too this is unbelievably perfect (sighs) they all just have this this look on their face of just like oh no oh fuck no (laughs) they're literally called lawyer (laughs) oh oh my god my fucking throat hurts (laughs) yeah all right Okay, alright guys, alright, alright. Deep breath, back to the game you news. Had a boss up. <laughs> I gotta boss up now, it's time for me to boss up and move us into the next story. Okay, okay, alright, so I can't breathe, so I'm glad I get to kick it to my man Andy for this next one. If you were a Persona 5 fan, we had a whirlwind of emotions this week uh, between the rumor of a new Persona announcement and then literally breaking news as of, like, almost the moment we started recording this show is the actual teaser trailer for a Persona 5R announcement. So, Andy... Okay. Let's c- catch boss us up. up. Catch us up. Let us know what's going on. Yeah, I got a boss up. There you go. I'm... <laughs> oh, I just played myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week Atlas registered a bunch of persona related domain names and everyone was like, Oh, Persona five R it might be coming. And then we got an announcement this morning that there is something coming called Persona 5R. It will at the very least be on PlayStation, and we'll get more information about it in March. Wow. Um, and it's so weird. It's, this whole thing is so weird. Uh, yeah. There's a trailer that's all in Japanese and a rough translation I found a couple people on Reddit talking about is roughly like, this is Joker. We've heard you calling for us to do stuff, but our year is over. We look forward to meeting you again in March. So, my best guess is they wanted to look like they were still in control of this announcement. Uh, They didn't expect, you know, domain name sleuths to catch up to them, and we'll get more in March. I I think that's just so interesting, because I linked down below to... um... An article from Polygon from Allegra Frank that's uh, about Nintendo like leaning into the Persona Five stuff like mm-hmm. right as all these rumors started like 
popping up. There was a video with Sakurai where he like did an interview like talking about how much he loves Persona and you know his relationship to the series and everything. And this happened like right around the time that all of these things were popping up, you know, like all, yeah. all of these these uh, domain names. So it's super weird that we got the announcement and that the only logo we see is a PlayStation logo, but there's like no mention of platforms or anything. And like, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, if this ends up being a, you know, an enhanced Vita port, I just laugh. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd dig out the Vita. <laughs> but it's just, it's, I don't yeah, know, it's, it's super strange. weird that there's just, like, nothing. And this this weird series of events. And, like, I, I think you're probably right. Like, I feel like this trailer seems motivated by the fact that it was starting to leak, not that it actually was supposed to come out. Yeah. I absolutely think that <clears throat> has to be what it is, right? I don't know. I, I I want to think so. You know, uh, there, there is something that's pointed out in the Polygon article. There's a uh, Twitter user named Mystic Distance who was kind of explaining, like, a lot of these, you know, like, was, was following this story as it developed and adding context for a lot of people. And they had a quote that seems to point that there's might still be a chance for a Switch version, but we'll have to see. Um, so they wrote... <clears throat> On December 7th, 2018, following the reveal of Joker and Smash Ultimate, I stated that I had it on, quote, good authority that P5R is the updated release of Persona 5 and that it would come to the Switch in 2019. On December 25th, 2018, Atlas moved the domain p5r.jp onto dedicated servers. So, I don't know. Like, there are a lot of people who are not willing to take that the fact that there was just the Sony logo as, like, the nail in the coffin, but... It it seems weird. Yeah, I I don't know. We saw we see that a lot in trailers now, where like somebody pays to put their logo in front of things. Everybody I know that who's, association. Yeah, everyone I know who's playing Kingdom Hearts three is playing it on a PlayStation. But every Kingdom Hearts three trailer I see has an Xbox logo in front of it. There. Uh, Microsoft announced a thousand multi plats at their E three conference. Uh, I don't think it's the nail in the coffin. Um, and I do still think that both Atlas and Nintendo would be dumb to not get this done. I did just want to add one last thing to this story that I thought was interesting. Uh, Nibble, who's a a video games, you know, insider and frequent source on this show, at Nibelian on Twitter, uh, added a couple thoughts about this that I thought were interesting. He said, real talk though, I wouldn't be surprised about a Switch version announcement in 2019. For a supposed enhanced version, they are being really cagey about this. And then I thought Andy would appreciate this. Y'all gotta stop getting upset about Atlas, because at the end of the day, it's Atlas. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> so, I, I think the thing he said about the enhanced version is what stuck out to me the most, is this does seem like a weird way to announce or tease what amounts to a updated version of a game that came out last year. Well, it came out two years ago in Japan, so it'll be three by the time it's That's out. fair. <clears throat> and... I, I, this is what, you know, Atlas does with Persona. Like, the past two games both have gotten this big re-release version. People will buy it, so, you know, even if it's just on PlayStation, if the updates are good enough, and it includes all the existing DLC, I'm sure they'll make money on it. Andy will buy it a second time. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my favorite game, and I, you know, more new content for it is always a thing that I'll be happy with. Is it your favorite game of all time? I think so. Wow. Yeah, it it does so many little things that I love. Um, I'm real big on JRPGs, and uh, it's just so stylish and fun. And God, the soundtrack is and so good. And God, the soundtrack. Stylish is the right word for it. Persona is a, like, I want to say effortlessly, but, like, obviously, obviously a lot of effort is put into it. But, like, it's, like, Persona oozes style. Yeah. And, like, like if you're into design aesthetic, like, Persona fucking nails that shit. Also, if any part of your heart is still an angsty punk teenager... Yeah, that's true too. It will speak to you on some level. So that's going to wrap it up for the news this week and take us into our meat and potatoes discussion uh, where essentially we're going to have a little year in review here. Uh, So I wanted to basically take the opportunity to, you know, revisit some of our favorite news stories, you know, name our game of the year, and then look forward to what's going on in 2019. Uh, So I did want to kick things off by talking about what what, what was our favorite the favorite news story that any of us that that we all discussed on this show. Soldier and Boy, I, I wanted to Soldier kick it off. <laughs> wow, man. Honestly, this was a bad question to ask the week where we started talking about Soldier Boy cuz it made me rethink my pick. Cuz yeah, that me too. that that might have been that's probably the funniest segment that we've ever had to discuss on this show. But for me like I even recency bias being a possible thing, I have to give it up to us discussing the Street Fighter Five on-character oh, advertisements. Yeah. Because Sean, Sean getting mad about that, letting it go, and then bring us back after a whole other news topic oh, is beautiful. probably the funniest thing that's ever happened. That was great. <laughs> it deserved it, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... That was um... I mean, it was very, very upsetting. (laughs) But it's also my pick. Oh, really? Because even though it was an upsetting topic, it was also kind of fun to just shit on Capcom. And I'm happy to have been able to get all of that anger off my chest because I've been angry at Capcom for a very, very, very long time. I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Personally, I think I'm partial to the long, drawn-out saga of the Intellivision and Atari box. That's my pick, Andy. (laughs) That's my pick, too. We've been talking about it for like two years at this point. The saga of Atari box (laughs) has been... A constant source of entertainment for the year for me. I, oh, God, Andy, damn, we never, we never have that perfect wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's that was another like top one for me because every time we bring up Atari Box, it like, it, it just gets more and more baffling. Yeah, and like it's my favorite because when I throw it out, there's like I whenever I throw out. 
a, a news announcement about that, I know that there's always going to be like one of two things. It's either Thompson gets super excited to laugh about it, or Sean's just literally just like, I, just are we still talking about <laughs> just this? Let it die. He's like, he's like, how is this? How is this thing not out yet? And like, <laughs> just, garbage, garbage. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll pick up one of those when it's marked off 50%. <laughs> yeah, I'd get a 50% off Atari box. i put my PlayStation <laughs> on top of it as like a, a space. <laughs> Just as a stand. As a platform, yeah. Well, all right. So uh, the next category I wanted to discuss was our biggest upsets of 2018. And I, I, I thought of this as kind of like... Maybe games that didn't live up to the mark, uh, delays or announcements that never came, that sort of thing. Does anybody have one they want to lead off with? Oh, I got a good one. Hit us. My biggest upset of 2018 was the fact that Octopath Traveler was only okay. Oh, dude, that was one of mine! Yeah, I was so excited for that game. From the moment they announced it in that Switch announcement presentation, they were like, yeah, Square's working on a brand new IP in a new world that's going to be a throwback to the classic days of 16-bit RPGs. I was like, sign me the fuck up. And then it was disappointment. And dude, even when we initially played it, like my initial impressions, I was like, Andy, I don't get it. Like, why aren't you into this? It's so cool. And then I got 10 more hours in and I was like, man, it's just... The same thing over and over again. Yep. It it just, like, I don't know. I started into it. I loved that little demo. And then it got to the point where, like, okay, now I've done the beginning of everybody's story. And I have this eight-person party that doesn't interact with each other outside of combat. And the difficulty curve is weird and too easy until you're at a boss. And then it's too hard. Yeah, and I just, I think... Most RPGs, right, like, you have to ask yourself the question of, <laughs> is this fun right now, and is it going to be fun in 60 hours? Yep. And the gameplay, like, the actual battles are fun, but what Andy talked about was definitely a problem. That it, it's too easy until it's too hard, and the story isn't compelling. So, like, the fact that you don't have a carrot on the end of that 60 hour stick. I played 15 hours and I hit this point where I was like, I feel like I have seen everything this game has to offer in terms of like systems. And I like the systems, but I'm not engaged in the story enough to keep playing. Uh, And considering that there were games that I loved the first, whatever, five, six, 10 hours that I played with them and didn't finish them. Cough, cough, God of war. (laughs) uh, Octopath was like, yeah, I mean, this is fine, but it certainly wasn't what I was expecting. I didn't play it, but it sounds to me like Bravely Default, where you're like, hey, I, I was in the same boat, I was like, game's great, and then you're like, wait till you get to the second half, and I'm like, oh, okay, I did, now... And you're like, ah, I'm right. done. Yeah, I'm good, I, I feel like I, I explored this game, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I've got an answer, uh, or at least what I think is an answer, if it doesn't count, let me know. Um, but I I look at, I, I, I think uh, the announcement of Diablo Immortal, like... Everybody was yeah, hyped for solid. a Diablo announcement. Everybody was, you know, raring to go. And then to see that fall so unbelievably on its face, you know, was... I mean, I didn't personally care about a Diablo game, but just in gaming, that was, like, the biggest fail, I think. 
and you being like a Blizzard yeah. fan, like it's always hard to see a, a company that you like stumble right. and then like and then fucking fall down a flight. Yeah, of stairs. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I watched it live and like watching that guy on stage, like be so unbelievably awkward and you know just a mess, just completely. You have a phone, don't you? <laughs> you know what, Andy? Oh. Up until this year. Uh, about six months ago, I did not have a phone that was capable of playing Diablo Immortal, so I would have uh, been even more upset if he had said that at that time. So, yeah, that's my answer. What about you, Thompson? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard for me to pinpoint what point of it, but I, I suppose, like, the Immortal, the, the Heroes of the Storm news, the whole just slope of blizzard uh yeah it's it's i I guess it starts really somewhere in a mortalish zone you know that's kind of like the the news really started ramping up and coming out more but we got we got like you know like a one-two fucking punch between multiple things um and i know we made it pretty clear in that one episode a few times ago that you know we were like hey this this sucks but yeah like you said pete big 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 fan um i'm like really upset because i'm invested in like properties and shit really sucks um not as upset like you know like straight up annoyed as i see like command and conquer rivals i'm like yeah but i wasn't expecting anything you know what i mean like it's been dead for years so who gave a shit like it's like it's a phone game fine it's been dead for years it's still dead fine um <laughs> blizzard news it's just like oh shit man they're, they're hitting my series that you know diablo's getting slammed fucking heroes are getting hit like starcraft is going down i'm just like fuck i haven't heard good things about world of warcraft i'm like <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you gonna give me? You know that 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 um, you know reinvigorates that that old feeling, and maybe, eh, you know, maybe nothing. So it's it's hard to come to terms with that. You know, after being a long time fan and just seeing like sure. all these fucking things, sucks. Just a big upset. I had uh, one other one to add to the list as well. Um, Mario Tennis Aces was another big disappointment for me. Where you, I was so excited for that game. You bastard. Every second we talked about it, you're like, oh, it's so good, it's so good. And blah, 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 I love it. And I was like, I don't feel yeah. it. Yeah. And well, then it came out and the single player sucked. And it's like, well, that was what I was excited about. So, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, bummer indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. that was the, th- Those were mine. Uh, so now I wanted to move along to favorite non-gaming moment. So this, you know, this means like your favorite moment outside of like this game came out, right? So that could be big announcement. That could be, uh, you know, a moment at the game awards or at some other award show or whatever. Like, you know, the, the best, like the most hype moments of 2018. And for me, uh, I, I had to give it up to Smash Ultimate's E3 reveal. I Nothing... Nothing except for that moment where they were like, everybody's here. Yes, everybody. You know? Like, the the rest of that direct, I was screaming. I was literally, like, screaming with excitement. Like, oh, whoa! You know, like, just, I, I could not believe that that whole, like, it, it was like, it was one of those moments, like, I remember when I was watching Avengers for the first time, of just being like, I can't fucking believe that this is a real thing that's happening, and not a, not a, a bullshit, like, hype thing that we're talking about, you know? That was my pick as well. Um, I, I had waited, obviously, quite a while for the next Smash. Uh, S- Smash on Wii U was a great game. 
but it had kind of waned, especially in my you know group of friends or whatever. And um, you know, I, I was dying for a new Smash game and a reason to buy the Switch. So of course we knew that Smash was coming, but I honestly thought it was you know, and I said as much. I thought it was quite a bit further off than you know this year. And you also thought it was going to be a, a port for a I, while where you were yeah, like, I thought it was going to be pretty much a port. And boy, was I wrong uh, at, at the time of this E3. I very much thought that. And so in in the process of considering my feelings after watching the video, I had soured a little bit. But watching it, I was completely immersed and I was so hyped and couldn't get over my hype. And so that's. That's my uh, that's my pick. I'm so glad that we got that big expose and reveal. And, uh, of course, I'm glad that the game is what it is and, and how great it is. But that was a huge moment. That was probably my favorite moment of 2018 uh, overall in gaming. I think for me, like, the two moments I remember the most from it, too, are when it was, like, Snake and then, like, Toon Link. And then Young Link. And I was like, what the fuck? They literally mean every character. Like, holy shit. And just, like, the ramifications of what that meant, you know, uh, blew my mind. So, uh, my uh, one of my favorite moments was also a Smash moment. But it was not the E3 video. It was the surprise Joker announcement at the Game Awards. Hell Yeah. I am a sucker for that kind of, like, fake takeover reveal, where it's obviously scripted, but for, like, half a second, your brain's like, what the fuck is going wrong? Uh, so I was a big fan of that and the cyberpunk trailer at Microsoft's E3. Like, both of those yeah. were presented in a really cool way, and I got yeah. way hype about it. And they were both really, like, hot announcements. They too. were hot announcements that I wasn't expecting I was expecting, you know, at the Game Awards to be like, oh, Smash comes out at midnight, you know, pick it up. Yeah. Dude, it was so funny because, like, I remember people on Twitter being like, man, I wish they could have a Smash announcement. And then they did. And it was like, and it was one that nobody expected. And it was wild. Yeah. And, like, I remember Andy called me and he was like, dude, my feed just cut out. Is this a real thing or are people trolling? Like, is this, like did, did this actually happen? It's like, yeah, no, this actually happened. It's like, what? What an announcement. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, keeping with tradition, uh, actually, I'm on the same two points of Andy. That, like, seeing anything for Cyberpunk 2077 was fucking rad for me. Just because, obviously, that's my aesthetic and that's my shit. And, I mean, did you look at it? It looks great. Uh <laughs> I God, it looks great. Yeah, and I love like Deus Ex and everything. Since I was a wee lad, I've been playing those games, and, and this is just you know the 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 next polished evolution of all these things I love. So hell yeah! But um, even Smash, like I don't I don't really get too excited about announcements a lot of times because it's just they what they are, and usually they're far off, and you're kind of like cool, I'm hyped, but like you know I gotta wait forever. Um, but I, I did watch the Smash announcement on, like, a secondhand thing where there was, like, a crowd watching it, and the fucking crowd going apeshit hyped me up so much. Like, every little thing that popped up, the crowd, Wah! you know, just goes nuts. And I was like, that was, that was, like, that brought me back to being a kid again, you know, when you're, you know, you're just like, wow, like, holy shit, a new Pokemon, and you're like, I can't fucking believe, you know, that kind of feeling. You know, yeah. take it with a grain of salt now, you know, you're just like, cool, I'll get it when I get the money, whatever, you know. Now, the Smash announcement just 
was a blast to watch and seeing people go crazy was super fun and um i was uh you know i was happy for people like sean too i was just like holy shit you know you've been saying i'm gonna get a switch when it's not it's like here it is and i'm just i'm glad you got to experience the switch because honestly like i love the fact that it's such a great system and i think that it needed it and i'm so happy people get to play it Dude, times. I love I love that when the first time Thompson and I talked about the Smash reveal, like the thing that we were most excited about was, oh my God, Sean's gonna get a Switch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was a thing, man. like it was a huge deal. Yeah, so definitely, uh, it was it was cool, man. It was really cool, and um, it's rare it's rare that you get something like that, you know, let alone every couple of years that something where everyone's just collectively hyped about and everyone knows it's gonna kick ass, and it did, you know. Yeah. Which is great. All right. So our last category before we move into our game of the year is going to be our favorite game that we played this year that doesn't qualify for game of the year. So in my mind, you know, this is, you know, your ongoing games, your games as services, any games that you might have played like a year late or something like that. Or uh, games that are not finished, you know, like anything that you feel like you just couldn't quite throw in the running for your game of the year, but you wanted to, you know, you wanted to talk up. So for me, I guess that would be uh, Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Sure. I've played this game steady all throughout the year and last year, and I love it to death. And uh, even with, you know, the, the, the announcements of no more competitive scene and, you know, removing devs from the team. It's still great. They just announced uh, the newest character that's coming in, in uh, the first week of January, I believe, or second week. Uh, so it's alive and well, and I encourage you, if you haven't played it or you're a Laps fan, great time to jump back on board. No reason not to. Um, it's been good to me. This is the game that's really kind of, you know, aside from WoW, uh, which I play because I have to, I would say. Hots I play because I, I want to. You know, I love to. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been enriching. It's the game I've played most with friends other than WoW. Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I just, I really love it. I never thought I would fall in love with a MOBA, but, uh, I, here I am. Damn. Damn. So, I'm not, you know in love with any MOBAs anymore. I used to play League. Um, but I rekindled my love for Overwatch in a big way this year. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about getting back into it, man. I've been playing, like, a good deal of it. And it's just, it's a solid game. Um, it's it never, like, even when you're getting steamrolled, it's never not fun to just, like, fuck around on a character you don't really know. Yeah. Um, so doesn't really qualify as game of the year because it came out in 2017 but hey uh, that's what this category is for true that I still love it and Kentucky Route Zero will probably be my, be my game of the year in 2027 when they release Act 5 but it's not <laughs> done yet so it can still be you know an honorable mention I love that game I replayed it again recently in what I thought was the lead-up to Act 5, which they said would be out in 2018. But as of now, recording it on... or recording on December 30th, it is not finished. Um, I still love it. It's still one of the most thoughtful games I've ever played. It's a great experience, and even unfinished, I'd recommend it to anybody. 
It's awesome. I also enjoyed it quite a bit. I played the first four episodes, right? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so, Thompson, you didn't go yet. You. No, no. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> based on time alone, um, I picked up Hearts of Iron 4 pretty early in the year, and it came out in 2016, so I, I knew I'd like it. It's a RTS, World War II, and with mods, anything, practically. Um, but it, it, it just fucking captured me, you know? I, I play this game all the time. I, it's, it's my go-to for everything at this point. Um, it, it has a mod for just about any scenario I want to jump into, and it definitely took over, like, what I would do with StarCraft. Uh, StarCraft's not on Steam, obviously, so I never had an hour tracker, but I'm positive that I probably did the same number in StarCraft, you know, that kind of shit. So, for me, being an RTS guy and everything, finding a game that lets me have so much space i mean at the the time of this recording i i put 1186 hours into this uh and i got it this year christ whoa so i'm not joking when i say i played the hell out of this game and i still continue to play it and i feel like i'm not even i feel like i'm just starting to get like really good at it now like really good you know like i'm starting to like try just weird meta shit and just see what i can do and like it's just so much fun for me as an rts guy and I love Civ and all those other games. I love, you know, Stellaris from the same Paradox game. You know, but this game just has it for me, you know? I don't know. It's just... Thompson spent 49 days playing this game. I I mean, this is is like my game, you know? I mean, I only found it this... Well, the funny part was, was I actually used to play StarCraft maps of it, and I was like, oh my god, what is this? I thought it was just a map, and then I found out it was a real fucking game, and it's the fourth version of it. It's like... Fuck, I gotta get this. <laughs> so <laughs> I did, obviously. And yeah, eleven eighty six hours later. Um by comparison, just real quick, I had Civilization five been playing that for like seven years, and I have fourteen hundred hours. And I have twelve hundred on this in one year. So like yeah, this fucking game took my soul. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> I love That's... this game. Well, <laughs> I would I would love for all of us to have fun with it and just play. I want to like more friends to have it. I only have two friends that play it with me, so please, please get it. <laughs> I'll buy you copies. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> just play with me. It's fun. <laughs> Feed my addiction. Jeez, I feel like I'm not doing you a favor if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start like scratching and Jones and like. I... Remember, we, dude, we were at Comic Con and I was like, I haven't played Hearts of Iron in three days. What's happening to me? You, you didn't say that. You were literally that there, and you he heard said. me say it. <laughs> you got a problem, man. Yeah, it's a good fucking game. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's easily uh, mine. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. <laughs> I still am. <laughs> uh, let me know when I need to take you to rehab. Uh, a couple years. Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. A couple years. So uh, for me, I had. Uh, it's like technically three games, but one of them is kind of two. Uh, so I wanted to give a nod in this category to Life is Strange 2 and Captain Spirit, both of which came out this year. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Life is Strange fan. I have sung its praises. I have turned some of you in the audience onto its glory. Uh, it is you know, one of my favorite games of all time. I have, I have a tattoo from it. I love Life is Strange. Life is Strange 2, it... Uh, lives up 
to the legacy that he first established. You know, Thompson and I did a full Let's Play series on both of these, actually, uh, both Captain Spirit and the first episode of Life is Strange 2, and uh, they were some of my favorite content to make. I loved experiencing these games with him and uh, turning him into a fan as well. And, yeah, I mean, these games are they're thoughtful. They have great voice acting and great dialogue, and they are are just really good at establishing a tone, you know? And I think that's one of the things that Life is Strange does best is, like, it from the first scene of Life is Strange, right, like, you get into the vibe and the aesthetic that it wants to establish, and it feels like a real world that you can get in and live in, you know? And if you if, – if the story – if you connect with it, if you can connect with the characters, it's, it's definitely uh, something that, like, leaves an impression on you. And, like, Captain Spirit did that in the very, very short time that we spent with it because uh, it's a, a much smaller, more self-contained narrative. And the first, you know, episode of Life is Strange 2 uh, was longer. It was more in-depth and, you know, bigger than the original. And it, it actually, you know, makes good use of that space. It evolved the formula in meaningful ways. It allowed... Uh, itself to grow without losing what made the first one special and that's not always easy to do you know especially in like you know <laughs> what we saw with telltale right like iterating on a formula and and growing it is important and the the time between the original life is strange and life is strange 2 was well spent developing what it can mean and like the reveal that that thompson and i got at the end of the first episode uh, was super surprising and has really exciting implications for how this game will be different than the original, aside from the, the ways that it already naturally is, you know? So I can't wait to spend more time with this game. You better believe that if it had been a complete release in 2018, that it would be in my conversation for Game of the Year. Uh, but given that we've only just scratched the surface for what Life is Strange 2 has to offer... Uh, it's you know it's it's got to exist in this category for now. Pete, I'll uh, say this. Similarly, if, oh go ahead, go ahead. If the game was fully released, I would actually have to contend that for game of the year as well. That's how much I enjoyed it as well. Like, yeah, and I, I remember I got you I got you into the first one, and then you know when we played the second episode, you were or the first episode of two, you were like, wow, this is yeah, if this it, is if even it was better. Done, it'd be a whole different game uh, ballpark this year for the awards. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's and that's in a year with Spider-Man and yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 and a lot of other games I loved a lot. But yeah, Life is Strange is it's it's a significant experience. So if you if you like the whole, you know, talky like story-driven choose your own adventure style game without like puzzles and stuff, like more focus on dialogue, uh, I can't recommend Life is Strange as a series more highly. And uh, I will say those of you in the audience who have taken me up on that recommendation uh, like Ryan, have reached out and said how much you enjoyed it. So if you're on the fence, uh, these games are always on sale, and I really recommend them. Awesome. Uh, actually, Captain Spirit's free, too. Yeah. So go go give it a shot, man. Damn. Uh, so similarly, I wanted to recommend another game which is also free and excellent and from a franchise that I have recommended quite highly, which is Deltarune. Oh, Deltarune. Um, yeah, Andy, we still have not sat down and had a significant conversation about that game, I, I and it's still a problem. Finished it. 
you got to finish it, and we got to do a review discussion now, like because I'm I'm itching, I'm itching to talk about it, man. Uh, Delta Rune is a successor to Undertale. If you're not aware, uh, it had its first episode or chapter, or whatever, re- released for free uh, this year in October, and it is uh, a worthy successor to Undertale. It is like Undertale in all the ways that count but different from Undertale in, in many, many ways. Uh, I think it is is probably, like, best described as, like, almost like an echo of Undertale, you know, and all the things that are great about Undertale in terms of its atmosphere and its soundtrack and its humor and its characters. Uh, it was an extremely charming experience, and it's I am so upset that I have to wait for more. I, I wish that it had been the entire experience, but... I am glad that Toby released it because now there's pressure on him to finish it. Is it episodic or is it just like a demo? So what he said is that the first chapter is serving as a demo and that they, he will not be releasing more chapters until the game is finished. Okay. So cool. when it releases, the entire thing will be done, but you'll be able to pick up from what you've done in chapter one. That's really cool. I haven't played it yet, actually, so we were gonna, yeah. but we did not. So I know, yeah, we never got around to it. Uh, so 2019, we'll, we'll, that's, that's on the docket uh, for Pals Play. But, yeah, uh, so if you're a fan of Undertale, you must go play Deltarune. It is free. It is not super long, but it's definitely, like, an investment. I played it over the course of, like, a week. Uh, But if you love Undertale, everything that you love about Undertale is present here. So definitely go, go check it out. And if you're, like, Andy and started it, go fucking finish it so that you can talk about it with your good friend Peter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Damn. I got to get on that. (laughs) <laughs> if only to not make Pete mad at me. Quell my rage. Uh, and if you have played it, please at me. Come talk to me about this game because I I have lots of thoughts. Uh, so, now we move into it. The main event. The game of the year. Of the century! Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> of the year. <laughs> but yeah, 2018 was a st- Stacked year. After 2017, which I argued at the time was the best year in gaming since 1997, uh, 2018 was a worthy successor. There were tons of hype games, tons of hype announcements, uh, so many that I think you know it would be impossible to not have a few honorable mentions. So what I'd like to do is, you know, we'll go, you know, pal by pal. You can name your honorable mentions, keep them brief, and then talk about your game of the year. Uh, so, since I've gotten the last word on all these categories so far, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I wanted to give honorable mentions to a few games that I loved quite a bit in 2018 uh, that I've recommended quite highly. Uh, the first of which is Celeste, which is absolutely my indie game of the year. Uh, it's a beautiful platformer with beautiful music and a compelling story. And if you haven't heard me talk about it at this point, I don't even, you don't even listen to this show. You haven't even listened to this episode. So, <laughs> go play Celeste. Trust me, please. Um, I also wanted to give a nod to Red Dead Redemption 2, which was a worthy contender for Game of the Year. I en- I've enjoyed the hell out of Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm nowhere near finishing it, though. And uh, I think even if I had, it it wouldn't have beat out what, what took the top spot. So as much as I loved Red Dead Redemption 2, um, in honorable mention, it remains. Uh, so then my last honorable mention is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
uh, what, what can I say about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that hasn't been said before? It's the ultimate in the series, I think. I think it truly is. I, I love... It's got an incredible cast of character is characters. Excuse me. It has every damn near every map in the franchise. There's so much stuff to do, much of which is actually worth doing, and it gives you so much control over how you want to play the game and and what you and your friends decide as the way to play is. And what more can you ask for than that? And the fact that it's reignited the passion around Smash and that. Every time I'm getting together with a group of friends, it's unquestionable that we're going to sit down and play Smash for at least, you know, an hour or two uh, is something that I have missed so dearly. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until it was back. So God bless Sakurai and God bless Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> awesome. I'll jump uh, in. So you know what? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to jump in and second Super Smash Brothers as one of my honorable mentions. I have more to say later. I was going to say but... Let's do honorable mentions, and then we can do our game of the year. So, Andy, go ahead. You do your honorable mentions. Uh, So, Super Smash Brothers, for all the same reasons Pete just said, it's great. It's Super Smash Brothers. Um, I still can't believe everybody's here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the game is out, and I've unlocked everyone. But I cannot believe everyone's here. Um, I also got to throw honorable mention spots to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is the first Assassin's Creed I've really enjoyed playing since Black Flag and what I think might be the first great Assassin's Creed since Assassin's Creed 2. Wow. Um, yeah, wow, just man, like that's big. sailing around ancient Greece doing things with Herodotus um, getting to interact oh, with... with Herodotus? Oh. Yeah, Herodotus is, uh, he's one of your bros. Oh. Damn. He hangs out on your boat and is like, you seem very interesting, and I like to write down stories. So <laughs> I'm going to follow you around and learn your story. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. The combat's really interesting in ways that Assassin's Creed never was for me. Um, love that they learned the Breath of the Wild lesson of climb everything. And uh, my last honorable mention's got to be Spider-Man, which was... Hell Yeah. Uh, one of the best superhero games I've ever played. A lot of fun. Really captured, I think, the spirit of the character in a way that never has really been done in a video game. So I'm all about it. And uh, it might have been my game of the year some other year. Hmm. Sean? I don't have any honorable mentions. I didn't play most of the games that are you know, really talked about as game of the year. I didn't really play many games at all this year. Uh, I played so much Hots and Wow that, and then started and stopped a bunch of games that I really don't have. Uh, I have one game of the year, and that's all I got. All right, Thompson. Yeah, so um, BattleTech is definitely on my honorable mentions. Um, I fucking love Next and everything. I know I talked up and down about BattleTech, but. Uh, the studio that did it, um, Hairbrain Schemes, they did the Shadowrun Returns games before, and they nailed it, and I know this game is all I wanted, and um, yeah, the DLC didn't really have too much, but it's DLC, who cares? I think the base game is great, I think everything about it is awesome, I definitely got my money and experience out of it, and I, the replayability on it is amazing, because it's a customization mech game, so you can do pretty much anything, and... 
Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really fun game. It was everything I wanted, you know? There was, like, no point when I was playing it that I was even let down about anything. Uh, but it's on honorable mention. Uh, God of War, another one on honorable mention, because I didn't finish it. So, Pete, I know you said that, like, it's not your game of the year or whatever, because, you know, later on... It didn't work out for you necessarily. Oh, I mean, that wasn't even the issue. It was literally just like I fell out of it, uh, and yeah, like yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't put it on my list because I didn't, I didn't finish it. I don't feel like I really got the experience, you know. Okay. Well, I've heard, I've heard people say, you know, sort of like it's, it's good, and then like it, it doesn't necessarily have game of the year if you finish it. It's like all the way. But like I didn't obviously, but everything I experienced in it was fucking phenomenal. Um, even though I, I could have probably borrowed it, I ended up watching like a lot more of it, and I was enthralled about it. And there's very few things I watch, uh, video game let's play kind of style that isn't just for shits and giggles. Um, I, I genuinely wanted to know what was happening, and and um, and from a God of War game, I still like can't believe, um, you know that I that I gave two shits about the story um, from fucking God of War. So. I will go back and finish that game one day. Yeah, right. And maybe I'll pick it up and, you know, do it myself. But, um, yeah, definitely another huge honorable mention, but only because I didn't finish it. So <laughs> there's that. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm good. I mean, I would say that, like, Life is Strange um, 2 could probably be my last honorable mention just because sure. like, it really is a strong contender even by itself. And... Had it been a full game, I, I it may not be the honorable mention anymore. But but yeah, that game really definitely uh, for me. I'm not really. I, mean, I love the talking games, like you said. Uh, I love all the Telltale's pretty much. But I'm not into you know um, the sappy stuff or any of the feel games. Usually, this fucking game rocks. It's, there's nothing bad about it. It's a beautiful way to tell a story, and. Um, even a cold husk like me can feel something from it, so <laughs> it's great. It's just great. I, just, just for the fact that it could, you know, it, it, it touched me. It's beautiful, you know. Uh, solid game, and I back up Pete on everything he said about it. It's so funny because it's the most sappy, like <clears throat> Pete Andy ass game. Yeah, and and Thompson loves it, so that speaks to its quality. Absolutely love it, dude. It's it's just great, and I don't know why i like it so much because it's not even my aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> all right thompson so what is your game of the year well um it may not be popular enough but i really loved a way out i fucking enjoyed every hell time yeah. i played I that game good god damn me neither we played that game dude i i had the greatest time playing it i you know, it's meant to be played with a friend, and single player probably wouldn't have been as great. I could probably no. see that. Oh my god, no. But, you know, having the game be built so well around everything it wanted to do, I know it just was like kind of like mini games and stuff, and like, but it, but it was like so tropey and fun. Like, every single thing, like, we would joke about, like, oh, is this going to happen this way? And it's like, yeah, it did, because it's tropey and stupid and fun. And it just felt like you were playing, like, like, the ultimate, like, B-movie, you know, like, Prison Break story, you know, but I got your revenge and all this shit, and it just, it just, it just nailed it for me, you know? The gameplay was, it always did what it needed to do, you know? And, and it never felt like it tried to reach too far for something. Maybe it could have tried for that, but honestly, everything about it was just a tight experience. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, 
I loved fucking right in the beginning of the game. I got to to do like the weightlifting thing and just flex on how great I am at bashing <laughs> buttons. And I'm just like, this is gonna be a great game. It's got a dumbass mini game where I gotta do this two feet in, and there's no point to it even other than get to achievement to show Pete how great I am. Uh, and you did do that. The fact that you know, skip about two seconds ahead if you don't want to hear spoilers. Warning. <laughs> okay. Don't don't spoil it. Don't spoil the reveal. Pete, no, no, the ending. I was gonna say the ending for you and me. The fact that we got to play that together and the way it yeah. worked out. That is one of the best gaming memories I've ever had. Yeah, that's 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 a good enough way to put it. Yeah, it's I agree just, though. I agree. It's, it's funny because so, I yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that as being out this year. And yeah, uh, I had to look at it. I thought it came out last year too. Like yeah, me too. Like right at the end of it or something. But but no, yeah, that really was. Did. That really was. That's one of my. Oh, that's that's a that's like a couch play experience. I will treasure forever. You know. Yeah, it was so much fun, dude. It just what a great game for me. I like that pick a lot. And actually, uh, this is a good opportunity for us to plug. If you want to go check out Thompson's Game of the Year experience, we recorded the whole damn thing. Uh, it's over on the Comics Pals YouTube channel before we switched over to uh, our own space. So, go uh, go check it out. It's just literally me and Pete yelling at each other and beating the game. <laughs> it's sort of like what Portal gave to us when people were like, Portal 2, and it's play with your friend, and your friend just, you know, like does the dumb Portal thing and kills you or something or fucks up, but it's me and Pete. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we had a great time doing that. And we sure I'm, did. I'm glad it was a great time for you too because I definitely enjoyed whooping on you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and kicking my son's ass at basketball. Yo, I fucking rocked your son, alright? That that kid is gonna be scarred into the shadow realm because he, he's, so, he's got no game. He got no game. Mm-mm. <laughs> so if you want to watch Thompson beat a child at basketball, get out. <laughs> Available uh, uh, exclusively on Pals. still get out, and I love that. <laughs> I do. I did it by accident. He on the first episode, he made a joke calling it "Get Out," and then I made that mistake almost every time I bring up that game. Now. Yeah, for like thirty episodes later, you're like, "It's called a Way out. out." Oh fuck! No, it's not. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. All right, Andy. All right. So my game of the year is the Return of the Aberdeen by Lucas Pope. Cool. Uh, (laughs) I've been pretty open with the fact that I was going to give it my game of the year honor. It is, uh, so it's from the developer of Papers, Please. You play an insurance agent who's walked onto a boat full of corpses with a magic stopwatch that lets you see the moment of their death and the instruction to figure out how all of these people died. Wow. It's, It's such a cool detective game. Visually, it's set up to look like a a Mac game from the late 80s or early 90s, so it's all, like, monochrome dots, which I also dig. And it's... I think what has done it for me and why I pushed past Spider-Man to be my game of the year is because Spider-Man, for everything it does right, is a AAA open-world superhero game and comes with all those trappings, and it executes them really well. But I've just never played a game that plays like Aberdeen, and I can't imagine playing another thing like it and loving it this much. Damn. Yeah. That's high praise, man. I, I would recommend it to anybody that likes puzzles or boats, even a little bit. I do like boats. <laughs> 
Andy, All right, maybe uh, I'll have to give it a shot. It, would it make you happy to to tell you that I literally just purchased it as you were saying that? Thompson, yes! <laughs> Hell yeah. Yay. All right, that's it. We'll do a pals play. <laughs> yeah. I can experience it. All right, cool. So, Shawnee? So, uh, probably to the surprise of nobody, it's going to be Smash Brothers for me. Pokemon Whoa. Let's Go. Oh. oh. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the ultimate Smash game. Um, it, it really is something incredible. I, I, I'm never... It never ceases to amaze me how great they can make these games. And it's top to bottom. You know, it's like they don't forget things. They don't leave things out. Um, you, you walk away feeling like, wow, this is a tight, tight, tight game. Um, yeah, it doesn't have a narrative. And um, maybe if I had played some of the more narratively driven games, I might feel differently. But I don't know that I would because I'm a fighting game enthusiast and... This is, um, you know, one of the best fighting games ever made, I, I think. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters also came out this year, but Smash Brothers has everyone. <laughs> it has everyone, it has everything, um, and it's just a game that you're, you know, that I am uh, in awe of. And you can play with friends, you can play alone, um, you can play online, there's multiple modes, there's so much to it. Um, and uh, I just... The next Smash game has a lot to live up to, and um, it, um, no gaming experience that I've had was happier than when I first booted up that game, or this year anyways, was happier than when I first booted up that game and started playing. Just beautiful stuff, so, yeah. All right, so for me, uh, I think similarly surprising no one as it wasn't on my honorable mentions list, uh, I have to give my game of the year to Marvel Spider-Man. I Honestly, I was not expecting this to be my game of the year. Uh, I, really? I, yeah, because, well, because here's, here's my thing, right? Spider-Man, and your name is Pete, and so is Spider-Man. <laughs> and I, I have a... Sp- Spider-Man on my headphones. I'm drinking out of a Spider-Man mug. I, I get that's it. That's what I mean. You don't have that Red Dead swag. <laughs> I'm a Spider-Boy. I know. Yeah. But my my thing is, right, and I love Insomniac games, so it's like a match made in heaven. Like, yeah. I, I knew I would like this game, but going into it, I very much expected this to be, like Andy said, an open world superhero game with all those trappings, and even if it's good, it will be that. So I know what it is, what I'm expecting going into it, and that's that's my expectation level, right? And I assumed it would be a really, really good game that I enjoyed a lot because I'm a Spider-Man fan. But I honestly think it surpasses that because, like Andy said, I think it executes on those things so well that it elevates itself beyond it's a really, really good game that gets by on some of the bullshit it has to feed you. Because it doesn't do that. Like, yeah, it has lots of collectibles. But to me, I felt like almost every one of them was actually a joy to find. You know, it wasn't a chore to do those things. The only thing I felt like a chore was a chore was the uh, the challenge tokens. That was a bitch, and I didn't appreciate it. Um, but aside from that, like, the backpacks, I wanted to chase those down to get those little glimpses into more of the history of the world. You know, I thought the cutscenes were great. The... Uh, voice acting was great. The inclusion of both major, minor, and like C-list supporting characters was awesome. There was a real attention to detail, and you could tell that the love that went into this game was from people that love Spider-Man as much as I do. 
you know, and like that is different, you know, like it's one thing to make a good Spider-Man game. Uh, it's another thing to make something that is so true to the character and that honors the history and the legacy and speaks to why I love Spider-Man, you know, um, because there are lots of Spider-Man, Spy- there's lots of Spider-Man media I like that doesn't do that. Uh, and, you know, I think this coming out the same year as Into the Spider-Verse, it's like, what a year to be a Spider-Man fan. It's been fantastic to have, like, two pieces of media that I think really speak to the core of the character so well. And, like, this game, just in terms of how fun it is to just play, you know, how I never used the fast travel system because I wanted to swing across the city all the time, how I did every single side mission without, as soon as it popped up, yep, I want to go do that. Because everything was fun, and it never overstayed its welcome. It's a nice, tight experience, which, like, when you said it has all the trappings of an open-world AAA game, that's one of the ones it doesn't, where you can beat this game in 20 hours and have a good, full experience. And guess how many other open-world games you can say that about that came out in 2018? None. Yeah. And to me, like I said, the reason I, I didn't think it would be was because... I thought it would be, it's the first game in the franchise. It's going to be the one where they're testing their the waters and, you know, they're going to get it really right next time. Fuck that. The next Spider-Man from Insomniac is going to be some next level shit. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Because this game was fantastic out the gate. From the opening moment, I had a huge smile on my face and every time I sat down to play the game, I loved it. And I haven't gone back and fucked with the DLC except for the little bit that Thompson and I did for the channel. Uh, but... By all accounts, some of it is great, and the fact that there's any of it that's on that same level as the main experience, it's something I can't wait to get back to, and it's something I can't wait for the sequel. So, I always thought it would be in contention for one of my favorite games of the year, but in a year that contained God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 and Super Smash Brothers, like, I I thought that Spider-Man was going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And it seems to have done that for a lot of other people, but for me, it stands out head and shoulders as the game I enjoyed the most in 2018. Awesome. Awesome. I love hearing people talk about things they're, like, really fucking passionately into. Dude, just, that game, it it touched me, you know? It really, really got got to uh, what I've wanted out of a Spider-Man game forever. So and I'm yeah. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it as much as you did, Andy. Because I remember when you picked it up and hit me up, and you're like, "Yo, it might be my game of the year." I was like, "I'm glad you even tried it." The fact that you like got through it and enjoyed it uh, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish it. I I do intend to, um, but you know, I'm juggling so many balls in the air as always. Uh, but I you also don't own a PS4. I also so. don't. Yeah, so I'm playing when my brother and I are both home from our schools at the same time. Uh, but I, I'm really enjoying the time I have spent with it, and I do think it's a, a special game. Yeah, I think even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, it's a game that's, like, worth playing, you know? But if you are a spider much like Into the Spider-Verse, if you are a Spider-Man fan, it's got that extra la- layer of special sauce, you know? Sure. So. Uh, so, before we, we wrap it up here, uh, we did I did just want to kind of real quickly just shout it out, you know, the games that we're looking forward to in 2019, because as of this recording, it's the last show of the year, but for all you listeners out there, it's the first show of the year. So, Happy New Year. 
Uh, and looking forward to 2019, there are a lot of games to look forward to, some of which are right on the horizon. So uh, I did just want to just shout out a couple real quickly. For me, uh, I the games I'm most excited about in 2019 are uh, Animal Crossing, Pokemon on the Switch, uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, Mortal Kombat 11, and Kingdom Hearts 3, which is right around the corner. It's not real. Uh, it, I don't believe it. <laughs> it is real. It's real. It's coming. It's 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 literally. Sean, I just want to just point out to you real quickly, and I want you to contain yourself. Within 30 days from now, we'll be playing Kingdom Hearts 3. That's awesome. I'm. What a yeah, world. It's, it, what a time to be alive. It's pretty surprising. Uh, and uh, like Andy, I'm not sure that I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> There's already copies in the wild. People have it. It's, it's real. It's a great conspiracy. Face. <laughs> it's the most elaborate hoax in video game history. Yeah. They learned from Area 51, and now they're applying it to Kingdom Hearts 3. They know how to deceive and misdirect. <laughs> None of it's real. <laughs> so speaking of Kingdom Hearts 3 fans, Sean... What are your games you're most excited for in 2019? Uh, so, you know, obviously Kingdom Hearts, um, whatever new Pokemon we end up getting. I'm holding out hope, although I'm not, you know, I won't be mad if it doesn't happen, but I'm holding out hope that we will get a new Metroid Prime game. Uh, that, that that's that we'll see Could that. Be. Um, other than that, I don't know. I can't think of anything that I'm... Oh, gosh. There's a game. I can't remember what it's called. You guys will have to help me. But it's the game that's kind of like... Um, oh, boy. I, you might you might not be able to help me. It's supposed to be a horror game. Uh, there hasn't been much talk about it. We did a news story about it a few months ago. It's a horror game. Uh, oh, is it from like the one that made um, Until Dawn people? It's like on a No, boat. I don't think so. Sean wasn't super into that, no, right? No, it's... Uh, it, for some reason, it reminds me of Stranger Things. When I when I talk about it, I feel like I think about Stranger Things. Gosh, I don't remember. I don't remember the name, but I remember this game looking really, really awesome. And I wish I could remember it to shout it out, but I just don't. Do you remember any of the other details about it? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. All right. Well, you stew on it, Andy. All right. So first and foremost. I'm looking forward to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, sure, hell yeah. And I'm also looking forward to Cyberpunk if it comes out. I don't think it will. That's why I didn't put it on my list. Is I yeah. really think that's going to be a game that slips to 2020. Same, I didn't. Yeah. Put mine. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but but if that game comes out in 2019, holy shit! Yeah, if that game drops like next November, into it. Um. I'm also kind of looking forward to Jump Force. It's not going to be good, but it's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. mean kind of? You are looking... No, you are. You're in. You're in it to win it. We're going down the weeb hole. In <laughs> it to win it. Okay. Um, oh, and Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, shit. Hell that's coming yeah, out? Dude. Yeah, that yeah. one, That one. like, I would have put that on my list if it was longer. Oh, my lord. Yeah, um... I think, last but not least, I'm looking forward to uh, Respawn's Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Again, if it comes out. It's supposed to? Uh I hope it does. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, too. (laughs) I'd really love a good single-player, story-driven Star Wars game. 
We haven't got one of those in, you know, I don't even know how long. It's been a long time. Probably since KOTOR. Since KOTOR (laughs) 2. Right, yeah. Not since KOTOR. Says the the (laughs) non-Star Wars fan. No, I like Star Wars. The Star Wars parts. Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> just Thompson. Give us your honorable mentions. Let's get, or your hype games. Thompson, Let's get go, out of here. Get out of the way. Um, uh, obviously, I give a shit about Resident Evil 2. Whenever that's coming out, that's going to be fucking awesome. Um, Devil May Cry, again, looks awesome. Uh, Doom Eternal. Holy fuck, dude. Doom Eternal. Looks great. Um, I like my weird Russian games, so Metro Exodus, Pete. <laughs> um, Sekiro, because From Software has my heart. And I think my most hyped game is Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2, which like, sure. is coming very soon, within like the first month. I don't remember what part, like the third week maybe? But holy fuck. What I did with Hearts of Iron is probably going to happen to that game. So, Pete, you don't need to take me to rehab because I'm going to be on that one now. I'm jumping ship probably. <laughs> oh, good, great. You're finding a new fix. Yeah, but you're going to suffer through it with me a little, so. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going right. to just buy you a copy, and when oh, we're no. going to have to do some fucking pals plays on it. And I'm gonna fucking slam ships into you, and it's gonna be great. So Jesus Christ, great! And you're gonna learn That's... the entire Warhammer universe via playing games you don't want to play with me. And guess what? You're gonna be just as bad as me. I'm gonna be a weird edge lord like you by the end of it. Oh, you're already, you're already. Hey, hey, how many times have we played a game and and you just like randomly kill a civilian or something? And I'm like, whoa, dude, am I rubbing off on you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> and you rubbed off me. on me. You, we're evolving each other. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of games that we're going to play on Pals Play, yeah, I forgot to mention I'm super excited for the next episode of Life is Strange 2, obviously, which is right around the corner coming in January. So keep your eyes peeled to the YouTubes for that. But all right, it's been a wild year. It's been a good year, I think I think I can safely say. Uh, you know, and, and especially in gaming, it's it's been an enjoyable one. So uh, I hope you, you all at home have had a happy new year, a happy holiday, um, a happy birthday if you're like me and Thompson. And, uh, you know, I, I hope you guys are with us for next year for uh, all, all the news as it comes, all the, all the hot games, all the hype, all the fun. We'll be back, you know, for our regularly scheduled programming next week. And, uh, you know, we love you all very much. You know, I hope you have uh, uh, a, a good year ahead of you. So before we get out of here, let's do some plugs. Sean? Cool. So over on the Comics Pals, which posts the day before this, we talked about our uh, end-of-the-year best ofs and things of that nature our favorite comics our favorite comic book movies our favorite creators of the year so uh lots of cool stuff over there and we made our predictions for 2019 so check that out listen to our predictions and then way later at the end of 2019 be sure to respond back and see how we did as far as our predictions go and then if you want more from me on social media i am at sean soapbox on twitter and instagram you can hit me up to talk about uh how good or bad 2018 was for you spoiler alert on those predictions for 2018 i did poorly I didn't even predict things about myself right. That's the real kicker. (laughs) The only thing I got right was the thing not about me. (laughs) Uh, So, Thompson? You can find me at Relic Vampire on Twitter. Uh, You can also find me on Pals Play with Pete, which we've mentioned a few times. So, we're going to do... We back! It's coming back, bitch! Holiday break's over! (laughs) 
yeah, yeah, we're gonna do lots of shit, and it's fun, and I hope you have fun with it. And if you have any suggestions for games, hit up either me or Pete, and you know, hit up me for anything else about games, and tell me why Hearts of Iron is the greatest RTS of all time. And uh, hey, hey, you know what? If you play it for real, let's have a community game. Let's fucking host one, because guess what? Sometimes servers are shit, and like, let's let's make our own because everyone else blows. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's get like a thirty-two player multiplayer going. Let's do it, Andy. You can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. Uh, happy to talk about anything, ranging from anything to anything. Uh, I don't have much Twitter wow. interaction these days. <laughs> School lawyering is taking your life. Well, it's almost like having a Twitter where you don't have a picture of yourself and your name is Person Man and you never tweet. People are like, eh. <laughs> almost. So go give Andy some love. Uh. Let him know your game of the year. I don't know if he deserves it. Oh, <laughs> my heart. You know who does deserve it, though, is your boy Pete. I tweet daily. Follow me, at loud underscore Pete, on Twitter and Instagram for hot takes, gifts, and pictures of my cat. And if you want more content from me, you can find me on the shows we previously mentioned, The Comics Pals. Great show. Pals Play. We've got some hotness coming for you in 2019. We're playing... Deltarune, we're playing Spyro, we're playing other games that I don't remember. Send me an email at thevideogamepals at gmail.com and let us know. Do me a favor, and if you have Pals Play suggestions, do them on, on the email. It's easier for me to keep track of them, please. Um, but yeah, come, come, give us, give us your games. We're going to hit them. We're going to go play them all, because we got stuff to do. And uh, hopefully, bring them back streams this year. So keep your eyes peeled, Pals Play. It's going to be good in 2019. Uh, and if you want to get me on other places on the web, I'm over at Loot Pots. Uh, I do news and reviews and all that kind of stuff. I host their weekly podcast, The Potscast, which is all about Nintendo. So if you didn't get enough Nintendo talk from me on this show, go check out our holiday slash year in review episode where I talked about all my favorite Nintendo shiz that happened this year. Uh, so that does it for us here at the Video Game Pals. Yeah, again, have a happy holiday, happy new year, or I hope you had one rather. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Love you, babies. Bye. Bye. Soldier Boy Tough. Hey, I got the new damn for y'all called a Soldier Boy. Just got a punch, then crank back three times from left to right. Uh-huh.